Welcome, foolish mortals, to Awful Neutral. Welcome to Awful Neutral, the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I am your dungeon master for the day. Hey, you're not Damien. I am not. I've got him trapped away. You're so much less threatening. Did we cast a spell of containment on Damien? We did. We banished him. Uh, Damien Damien is actually lost in a labyrinth trying to find the most fabulous object in the world for our next campaign. I will be your guest dungeon master. My name is Jesse Egan, and I am here with our entire cast. Uh, Welcome, everybody. The cast of Awful Neutral, we have Sarah Lee as... Gertrude. Dave Callens as... Kevin. Clint Beischer as... Artificarian. Caleb Cleveland as Donk. Sarah Lee also as <laughs> Mal. Mal. That's right. And that was good. <laughs> I'm sorry, I thought uh, you were going nice to say the name. Nice pause on that. Because uh, <laughs> I was so ready Clint, to really say uh, yes or uh, no. Sal's actually in the bathroom. And he'll Sal's be, pooping. So he'll, he'll be back in a minute. <laughs> I hope he'll be here in time. Today we're going to do something a little bit different. It was Damien's suggestion, since he couldn't be here, that we try to do a game show. So we're going to do a part interview and part... Cooking competition. Oh, kind of like you know, tonight in San Diego. I, yeah, it's a lot a like what? that. By the way, I just realized show? that when you talk into Damien's mic, it makes you stutter. So um, <laughs> it's cursed. It's Wait, cursed. Oh. It's a cursed mic. You haven't started uh, sweating profusely yet. So that's, that's yeah. that. Is oh, that, <laughs> that that's cool? Like we'll see. Minutes. You're only yeah. <laughs> that's Damien's special. If it happens to me. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to get started. I rolled a 12. What does that mean? That's good, I think. (laughs) think You don't have to play. That's a mixed success. (laughs) Uh, So, yes, what we're going to do today is part talk show and part cooking contest with the cast of The Awful Neutral. So I'm basically going to be bringing you out onto the show as your character, and then you're going to be taking some questions from the host as well as questions from our audience, our actual Twitter audience. So uh, if you bear with me, I'm going to set the scene here and introduce our game show, all right? Just for our listening audience, this has already been an hour that we've edited down to about two minutes, so. It's it's been a really hard day. An an hour of eating bagels, all right. (laughs) The setting is an underground cable access television studio, a hundred feet beneath the Citadel. The room is spacious and all stone and wood with a cozy but vaguely medieval feel. A tad bit steampunky. There are huge wooden beams vaulting above the ceiling and strings of twinkling lights crisscross beneath what would be called Edison bulbs if Edison existed in this crazy fantasy world. (laughs) Are they Tesla bulbs? They're Tesla bulbs. (laughs) They're weird blue veiny bulbs. The backdrop is a painted mural of a forest scene with a babbling brook that seems to move. A picture of a meadow with trees and deer and birds and a bear standing at a microphone entertaining the woodland creatures. The mural is framed by deep red velvet curtains that have been drawn back. In the foreground, there's a carpeted stage with a huge brown sectional couch and a large oak desk with a sphere on the far right corner that crackles with an internal electricity. No one currently sits at the desk or the couch, but a three-piece band is playing off to the right-hand side. Jamming on a gigantic stand-up bass is Andre, the unironically named giant. On guitar and wearing a huge Pharrell-style ridiculous hat is Gremel Stonebreaker. And on drums is Kevin, playing those cool brushes like a super jazzy cat. As they play, the Waka Jabba ushers alternate between seating people and doing acrobatic dance moves to the music, while the Sons of Anarchy, or whatever we called them, gang, look on from the wings, working as security. 
At the left-hand side of the stage, there's a podium, and behind it stands Tifi, sporting a spiffy bow tie, a jaunty cowboy hat, and smiling broadly. An audience of about 60 people settle into their rows of seats, sipping drinks and whispering in anticipation as the show is about to begin. Colored stage lights illuminating the mural and stage brighten slightly as the lights in the rest of the room dim. Suddenly, the raspy voice of an announcer booms out of speakers from the back of the room. Ladies and gentlemen, and Warforged or whatevers, everybody, put your hands... <laughs> Put your hands. Put your hands together for the people who brought you tonight in Sastagaria. It's everybody's favorite local cable access table show. Chewing the curd with Chud. Now, please welcome your host, as smooth as Ben Kingsley. He's doing his things, Lee. Mr. Joe Bingsley! <laughs> the small but mighty audience applauds vigorously as a small black curtain to the left of Tiki's podium parts and Mr. Chud Bingsley walks out. He's a large figure, over seven feet tall and completely decked out in a rhinestone-encrusted tuxedo, cowboy hat and boots, sparkling under the stage lights like a Wild West oh, disco ball. Chud walks upright like a man, but has the facial features of a bull with horns protruding the top of his hat and cow's ears sticking out of both sides. He also sports a huge mustache, reminiscent of actor Sam Elliott. Chud is part cow, part man, and all cowboy. He gives Tifi a high five and walks to the center stage, glittering and giving finger guns to all in attendance. Killing three people in the process. <laughs> Thank you, Gonk and Gertrude. Thank y'all so much. And let's give it up for the awful neutral band. That's Kevin on drums. Yeah, they're great. Well, they're pretty good. Ah, to be honest, I feel awful neutral about them. Hey, yo! Rim shot me, Kevin. And he stares at Kevin. But I'm to say. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> and everybody, let's hear from my co-host. Not big on pronouns, but he's big on hoedowns. My buddy and yours, T-Fee the Warforged. Thank you for having me, Chud. I may be Warforged, but tonight I just want to fight for my right to party. <laughs> and by that I mean fact check. <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> that is fantastic, little buddy. Now, first off, I want to thank everybody out there for supporting our show. You know, when I started, I thought that D&D stood for Dunkin' and Donuts. And I said, heck yeah, I'll bring the milk. Um, no, that's not correct, Chud. That, that's not what that stands for. No, it's not, Tiffy. You're absolutely right. Turns out that D&D stands for Dungeons and Dragons. And thankfully, we ain't experienced neither of them things yet. Why, mostly, we go shopping. Anyway, old Chud's got a couple of D&D monologue jokes for y'all, and then we'll bring out our guests. Sound good? All righty, let's do some headlines. Headlines. <laughs> First off in local news, the dragons keep making enemies with the wizards. Well, you know why. They keep trying to dispel magic. They were dissing, yo. No, it's it's dispel, not dispel. <laughs> That's the, the name is dispel magic. Exactly. That. That's good. That's a joke. That's well done, TV. You know, in other uh, ironic news, the Thieves Guild was robbed. Sounds like an inside job. So wait, they were stealing from themselves? Apparently. Speaking of thieves, our friend Lothario is back in the news. 
tabloids claim that Lothario's new girlfriend is only 20 and has had a lot of work done. That's not true. My, my perception check revealed that she's a natural 20. Oh, now speaking of Lothario, you know why Lothario's so good with the ladies? Why is that? Yeah, why? <laughs> because he's handsome. That's true. <laughs> and also because he read the player's handbook. I keep reading the friend folio. Uh, that's called fiend folio. Oh, maybe that's why I keep ending up in the fiend zone. hey In sports news, our friend Gonk Holskin. Is that, the, is that the right last name? Gonk the Close Tortle. <laughs> Gonk the Tortle bought a rabbit to challenge him in a foot race. But the rabbit ran away. And that's the second time Gonk lost his hair. Oh, <laughs> I get it. Because he's bald. Yeah, that's right. That's right, T. Well, we got to wrap up the news. So I'll just combine weather and crime. Lately in Sastagaria, there's been some giant snow piling up, and it's not even winter. Authorities are using snow plows and giant straws round the clock to deal with the epidemic. Oh, it's a drug job. Sounds like the work of someone with malicious intent. (laughs) Did I do that one right? Oh, boy. (laughs) And that's the news, y'all. Hey, everybody, look, it's time to bring out our guests for the night. So please welcome Tiffy, Gonk, Gertrude, Kevin, Malison, Lothario, and a.k.a. Gertrude's Dudes. Welcome to the show, y'all. What are we doing? uh, Yay! Thank you. The cast of Awful Nitra comes out, and they take their seat in the sectional couch area, and uh, they're all palsing up and dressed up. How are you guys dressed, by the way? I am wearing my nicest wife beater. It only has two cigarette burns in it. <laughs> it's beautiful. Uh, if you remember the episode of Seinfeld where Jerry's girlfriend made more of the pirate shirt, mm-hmm. that's what Kevin's <laughs> you wearing. You got the puffy shirt? Yeah. Oh, I love that. You already described me. That's so, true. <laughs> well, that's all set. It's a good point. Gonk, what are you dressed up as? Uh, Gonk has removed his show armor, has a fresh coat of bird shit, uh, <laughs> and uh, is looking over at Kevin at uh, his incredibly jaunty pirate shirt and going, oh, man. <laughs> He's jealous. <laughs> and what do you think, uh, Mal, and, and of course Sal, who's stoop, still still uh, pooping, what uh, <laughs> what do you think uh, that Mal Mal? I and, think if uh, anybody look looks there. at Mal for longer than like three seconds, she shoots you like the evilest look and goes, stop trying to fuck me. Yeah, and she keeps sort of reaching for that whistle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, about, uh, what about Lothario? It's no boo. That's well, he actually, we, ha- we haven't seen him yet because uh, he just went straight to the bathroom. He's, yeah, so we don't even still know. in the John. So he's still in the John. To be he, determined. He's in the John in the story as well then. Okay. He's wearing, uh, he's wearing <laughs> the, the jaunty suit from this great new place called TBD. I'll be like, well, hopefully Lothario will come out pooping. Uh, uh, I mean, not pooping. He'll come out and be done pooping soon. Anyway, <laughs> welcome to the show, y'all. First off, everyone, please introduce yourselves. Tell us, uh, you know, your race, class, turn-ons, pet peeves, that sort of thing. For example, uh, for instance here, I'm Chud Bingsley, son of Bada Bingsley and Chud Momsley. I'm half furball <laughs> and, and half minotaur. I'm a wizard, and my turn-ons include moss and clothing made of moss. 
Uh, my pet peeves include know-it-alls and close talkers. Now, how about y'all? Uh, tell me, Gertrude, uh, a little about yourself. My name's Gertrude. I was born of cigarettes and chewing tobacco. I'm a ranger. <laughs> Are you an elf? You I think serious? you're an elf. Is she an elf I, ranger? I'm a ranger elf. <laughs> ranger, ranger you're elf. You're in Get your race Laudrin? I okay. don't know what I am. It's mostly a quiz about ourselves. Elf ranger. All right. Elodrin, well, come on, man. Elodrin Ranger. And uh, Cuban, excuse me, Kevin, tell us about yourself and your name. I am Kevin, <laughs> noble and victorious savior of the infamous Flame Festival. That's true. Hero of all who attended. <laughs> so you're a, you're a paladin. What does that mean exactly? That means I am the best drummer on the world. <laughs> it means he's full of himself. <laughs> That's what I thought it meant. Okay, uh, Tifa, tell us about yourself. Well, um, I'm a warforged, but I was designed to be a creator of things. I, I'm a I'm a artif- artificer by nature. I, I'm a wizard, uh, but only a little bit. Mostly, I'm a cleric, following Ogba, because he's the god of knowledge. Artificer? I barely knew her. <laughs> He's a creative, but he can't create friends. Hey, oh. Roll a 20 to see how the crowd reacts to that joke. <laughs> Can you get any modifiers at all? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do I have any modifiers? So do, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, well, I rolled a four, so. A four? <laughs> Appropriate. How did the dice know? This is, this is like uh, Cthulhu, where low is good, right? Yeah, it's right. major success. It should be. The crowd boos a little bit for that one, but no The crowd chirps. Yeah, the crowd chirps. The crowd is crickets. The crowd is crickets. All right. Well, uh, how about uh, how about you, Gong? Tell us about yourself. All right. Well, uh, my name is Gong Holskim. I, I'm a, a, a I'm a Capricorn. Uh, I, my favorite holiday is green grass. That's true, by the way. Your favorite what is green grass? Holiday uh, here here in uh, Dungeons and Dragonsland. What what is that? Is that like Festivus for the rest it's, of us? Well, it's like no, it's like the holiday that celebrates spring. It's like the equinox. It's we, like the oh. first day of spring here in uh, here in Sastagaria. Uh, uh, green grass is like when you. Uh, it's. I guess that was when you had your fire festival. Mm. Uh, I, I was too busy being a pirate at the time. But uh, but you're a real crunchy pirate. You're into grass and stuff. That's it, man. Uh, I feel you. I like the you know the the chiba. Uh, <laughs> but that's no, I don't. But uh, that's my favorite holiday. I guess uh, my turn ons. I don't have any of those. This is gross, man. I'm like 56 years old. I'm a kid. You ain't dead. I, that's dis, that is disgusting. My, turnoffs, uh, mammals that talk about their turnoffs. <laughs> uh, I like my, my favorite thing is raging, yeah. and uh, I, I'm a full-time barbarian, part-time decorative table. Yeah, that's true. So raging—that's a euphemism for something. No, nah, man, I'm I'm a barbarian. I deal in, in absolutes. I'm a, I'm a I'm a literal boy. That's well, it. I appreciate y'all taking the time to come on the show. And I got a few questions to ask you, and then some questions uh, from our audience. So first off, my first question for Gertrude, are you okay? I heard you coughing and during the announcements and was a tad bit concerned. That's my first question. Short answer, no. <laughs> Not okay? Not okay by any means. Is it a chronic ailment or... Um, oh, you're talking or, about the cough, the cough pass. Here's my second question now. You, uh, you've had a wild campaign so far. You were kidnapped and brought into the sewers, and we hope that you fully recover. 
but you, you had previously expressed some anger over the circumstances of your rescue. How do you feel about the rest of your party at the point at this point in the journey? I mean, how are Gertrude's dudes? Sometimes I don't feel like Gertrude's dudes are in fact my dudes. But I feel that the best way to move forward is to not address it at all, suppress the emotions, and then bring it up at the most inconvenient time later on. I like, like during battle? Yeah, or like when someone's trying to do something nice to me <laughs> and I just lose it, and then I was like, hey, remember that one time you left me in the sewers for dead? <laughs> Fuck you. I do remember that. So yeah, yeah. never forget. <laughs> So really, it's like turning a negative to a positive because you've used this thing that happened to you as a strength, right? You can use it to manipulate your friends. Sure. Oh, yes. that's a good thing. I don't know. Yeah. That's a harsh word. Well, I like is it. Is it manipulate Friends or just... is definitely a harsh word. <laughs> <laughs> Making sure they understand they need to do what they need to do for me. That's true. Did you ever get uh, your ship repaired and all that stuff, or it's still pretty pretty fouled up uh, i think it's still a little fouled yeah, up but well, you know we'll have to get together yeah we're overdue with that so uh, your journey through the sewers uh, is there anything you can tell us that we don't already know I, I think there was a lot of secrecy around that kidnapping and we've all kind of wondered if uh, anybody during that situation that we should on, be on the lookout for I mean, anybody who wants to kill me should be killed themselves. That's just in general. That's true. You know, but I mean, really, I think the biggest takeaway from that sewer is we are disgusting people. <laughs> and I don't want anybody ever to go down there. That was probably the worst smell I've ever smelled in my life. And I've smelled a lot of bad smells. I, I agree. And I was going to ask Lothario about that and why it smells so bad in his homeland. He's still in the job. He's still down there. So, all right, He's well, the reason it smells. I think you're right. Well, my next question here is for Gonk. Um, when, Gonk, when you and Mal first joined the party, there was some friction. In fact, Kevin was trying to hang you for piracy or crimes or some such. Yeah, how are no things, taking, uh, Kevin. Yeah, how are things between y'all now? Um, I guess they're pretty good. I mean... I never had a whole bunch of friends before, but then again, life never, nobody told me life was going to be this way. Such uh, a thoughtful turtle you are. My job was a, was a joke. I was broke. I don't even want to consider, consider my love life because, you know, I, I not until like I, I'm at least 300. Oh. But, uh, yeah. But, uh, are you yeah. telling us that you uh, are a virgin turtle? Taking it real slow. Yeah. Are we going to reveal some real dirt on this way. show? Chewing the cud with Chud is here to dig deep and get some spicy answers to some picante questions. Yeah. To be honest, Kevin's pretty, he's, he seems to have taken a shot at me. I, I have had a rough and rowdy past, as I have mentioned before. Uh, I've done many questionable things to questionable people. I'm glad that you and Kevin are good. I got a question now for Kevin. They seem to have patched things up uh, silently. That's good. <laughs> uh, Kevin, this question's for you. We are going to play two lies and a truth with you, Kevin. You're going to tell me which of these three pieces of information is true, and we'll do all of these about tabaxi trivia because mostly I don't think you know anything about your own race. So let's find out. (laughs) Number one, tabaxi with uh, solid spots are known as leopard men and are pronounced tabaxi, but in other regions they have hollow spots are called jaguar men and pronounce their name tabashi. Others go by Takashi and have spots on their face and rainbow hair. That's a joke. <laughs> Second piece of information. Tabaxi are as likely to use claws and teeth as any other weapon. 
If both paws hit, they can also rake with their rear claws in a special attack for 1d6 damage per claw. Wait, 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 wait. Let he, me get this straight. I don't so think if he, he knew that. with two front paws, he can lift his ass off the ground. Yes. Full armor and rake with his feet. Double. Allow me to demonstrate on Gertrude. Oh, <laughs> no, thank you. This is my nice wife, Beta. Here's the third item. All right, tell me about this one. A tabaxi lord can be 10 to 12 feet tall and can use the following powers at will. Detect good or evil, detect invisibility, bind, hypnotism, and dimension door. Did you know that about the tabaxi? First of all, Chud. Yes. We can use those powers on anyone, not just Will. <laughs> Is there a Will on the house? Cricket chirps. I rolled a three for that chirp. <laughs> oh, well, Chud's laughing hysterically, but the crowd starts booing again and, and crickets are going. But I think Secondly, was... Chud, it's actually pronounced Tabasco. <laughs> that's, that's what I thought. So... And it is true that Gonk and I have patched things up silently. <laughs> yeah. Wilt, that's good. I'm glad. Now tell me of those other three items, which one was true, and uh, that means the other two were, were lies. I know you would never lie to me, my friend. <laughs> Those were all true. You're right. They are all true. They're absolutely true. They're only tightly to slightly modified, which is that uh, they do 1d4 uh, plus 1 damage, not 1d6. Very minor. And also, only the bravest and cruelest tabaxi lords can use Dimension Door, and they use it three times a day. But really nitpicking, I just wanted to point out what a badass uh, the tabaxi are, and that uh, you got some crazy back paw maneuvers. And my hammer. That's true. Can you swing the hammer with your feet? I've never Gertrude, tried before. <laughs> if you latch on with your front paws, can you hit swing it with? Can you swing it with the back with your with your hind quarters? I'd like to see it. Gertrude scoots over further away from him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that I'll be was there fun. For you, Kevin. I think. Uh, you get a, a point of inspiration there, uh, Kevin, from your from, from that. So just keep that in mind, and uh, we're going to move forward. Oh, God. All right. Now, uh, everybody, uh, this next question is for Malison. Mal, you're a Goliath of few words, but recently yes. you expressed strong sentiments for a particular non-player character. What was it about Frederick, the Master of the Guards, and Patrick Warburton Soundalike that made you speak up? Hmm. I don't know. Good answer. Now, a follow-up. We have a video message for Malison sent to the show by one Friedrich. The sphere on Chud's desk crackles with electricity, and then the image of Friedrich's face fades into view. He has huge manly jowls and one of those butt chins that you could just live in. <laughs> Friedrich says, Hey, Malison, baby, I hope I'm not being too forward, but in all that confusion, all the... Climbing onto airships and hanging from ropes and trying to catch floppy old fallen socialist dudes. I noticed someone. You. Yeah, that's right. We should go out. I'm going to call you on the Rocky Talkie after the show. High five! He then realizes no one can give him a high five through the magic sphere and says, You owe me five. The vision of Frederick fades from the sphere and the crowd reacts with oohs and ahs and applause. Well, well, well. We may have our first love connection on the show. What do you think about that, Malison? Hmm. Good answer. <laughs> anyway. Well, isn't it like you always say, Mal, that, you know, it, it, it's a fool who looks for logic in the chambers of the human heart? 
Yes. Or Goliath heart in this case. Yes. Nice. Whew, she's real talk. She's talking my ear off on this show. Good Lord. Shud, we've been handed a note from our producer. Oh. Lothario has apparently locked himself in the bathroom. Oh. They're trying to get him out. Oh, no. My but are having some good. difficulty. I hope he's all right. If it's going to be one person in the party, it would definitely be our rogue. Now, of course, if you were a tabaxi lord, you could use that dimension door and get him out of there probably, right? You probably just heard there was a canary out there. Maybe you could beat on the door. I'd already used that three times today oh. to get bagels. <laughs> that was a good usage. I like when you went back and got more uh, cream cheese because I like a good smear. Anywho, let's move on with the show. Now, I know the audience wants to get to know y'all better, so we took some questions from them via the messenger bird network known as Twitter. Let me just summon my familiar, Hudson Hawk. Present me the tweets. Hudson Hawk, the purple and silver celestial hawk, materializes in midair, does a swooping circle around the room, and lands on top of the sphere on Chud's desk. Lightning crackles inside the sphere, and then an image appears of a message from Twitter. I wanted to say that Kevin was swatting at the birds. Oh, he <laughs> Jumping all over the couch. He's roll. Tom cruising on the couches <laughs> for the... Roll the 20 and see if you can there's hit the bird. There's like a, a spectral image in front of the audience that just says, uh, Hudson Hawk, nice tweets with Hudson Hawk. <laughs> I love that. 13. 13, okay. So you actually do hit his tail feather and one little silver <laughs> celestial feather comes flying out and he kind of it throws him off his path a little bit, but he still manages to land and uh, and perch. Did and he then he kind of looks at you and goes, Bow. I mean. Gonk reaches behind his, uh, his the sectional, pulls out like a spray bottle and <laughs> hesitantly puts it back. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. All right, so uh, this first question is for everyone here. This is from the Twitter birds, everybody. So Kevin uh, buzzes in. Uh, not, okay, I don't. He brought his own buzzer. All right, check it out. How did you come up with your characters? What drew you to the races and classes you chose? That is from I am wicked stupid on Twitter. I, I mean, of course, I, I sent us say, that question. Yeah. <laughs> did you send that? I would just say, of course, you can't. Choose your own race and class, folks, right? We're born that way. But, I didn't uh, choose Tabaxi. Tabaxi chose me. <laughs> Plymouth Rock landed on him, too. Anybody want to field this question? Uh, for me, I uh, was was told that we needed a, a, a character to be more on task and be... This is Clint Beiser, y'all. <laughs> Clint Beiser making an appearance. So uh, that's why that's why I went with uh, a nerdy uh, cleric. You were told what? That we needed Dave, a cleric? Damien says, like, yeah, we need someone to uh, He's be... He's the nanny of more, the group. He's keeping us on track. And, uh, nanny so. or the, like, third grade line leader who took it a little too seriously. Same thing. Okay. So did, did he tell yeah. everyone, he like, you know, leader. we really need a... a, a a, t- a turtle. <laughs> no, I think he he knew what he was getting into, and he's like, "I need someone to rein this group in." Clint, will that, you please be? That, that was the only the voice that, of reason. That was the only thing, and I took it from there and ran with it, and uh, came up with uh, an artificer, you know, cleric, nerd, uh, roar forged, everything else. That's very just, clever. It just came, you know, one piece uh, kind of added to the next piece. What about the characters from the other two campaigns? We also had the Call of Cthulhu arc. Uh, those are our same characters, but. Similar, are, how do yeah. we modify those? I can't remember exactly. What um, were you in that one? Well, for that one, uh, I think it was just trying to humanize our characters as if they were in, um, you know. This, we were like fancy dressing yeah. version, if human versions. Human versions. What was your guy dressed as? Um, as a professor. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. From like the 1940s. Now, for, for all of us, we kind of take it for granted because we're here every day, but the listeners yeah. probably don't know. Um, Sarah Lee 
uh, her character is based on her in real life. I mean, that's kind of how she is. Mm-hmm. She's back here chain smoking through the whole pod. Yeah. Uh, this whole six pack place is just slits. filled filled with yeah. smoke. Yeah. And she actually has it. you down with me. She has yeah. a jelly hand in real life. Yeah. People don't yeah. know that. I do. What um, What is the deal with the jelly hand? Uh, what is that made? What kind of jelly is it? I don't know why I'm not talking character voice right now. I I think we're all ourselves for this portion of the interview. I I was about to interject and say Gertrude feels like she's slipping out of reality. (laughs) Your voice is improving. What is... Who are these... (laughs) Things seem weirder and more vivid? (laughs) But yeah, this question really is for uh, our human counterparts. So yeah, the question is like, how did you decide on your character? How did you come up with him or her? And uh, Initially, I wanted... um, somebody who was just going to be kind of unpredictable and chaotic and abrasive and rude because it's the complete opposite. Like I said, in real life. (laughs) Damn it, Dave. (laughs) Um, And I I deal a lot of that with where I work, so it was kind of getting into the mindset of Uh, what I Of some of the abrasive, rude people that you deal with. You were sort of channeling them as your character. And it is exhausting. I bet. (laughs) Oh, my God. So this is therapy for you. It is therapy for me. I feel so bad for them. Is it part cathartic getting it out, but also you're like, I know what, I don't want to live like that? and. Be that way. Um, I have a knot in my stomach every time we come into the studio because I really? want to be mean on the podcast for the sake of the comedy, but then I'm like, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, Sarah Lee is incredibly empathetic, and I know exactly the feeling that you're that you're trying to uh, articulate here. It's like you want to use this as a release, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you're just like, I I have a duty to to sort of like rein it in mm-hmm. because of just you know because of your nature and your. Thoughtful, you're really sweet, and you're really, really funny. So you like, you put an edge on it, but then you sort of like rough the edge up every yeah. single time. It's well, hard to play a villain, I guess. Uh, yeah, your character's not a villain, but if you had to, do you think that would be challenging? I don't. I don't think I could be a villain. I think of it more as just like the times in which I've been working with people who then have those moments of abrasiveness that come out of left field, and I'm so surprised by it that it becomes funny. Mm. That's where I, like for instance, I remember working with someone who just walked right by me for no reason, flipped me off, <laughs> and I was like, hey, that's not really nice, and their response was- I did say I was sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, and their response was, fuck off, you lesbian, and that was the energy I was trying to channel because that was such a surprise moment that I was like, this is amazing. That is such a good Gertrude moment, really. Like, I picture Gertrude doing that. And yeah. That's exactly but how she so, sounded. It's like yeah. you can't do it without being sympathetic, at least partially. Oh, like I totally understand, but at the same time, yeah. it's like, wow, she gets me. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That's funny. Uh, anyone else want to field this question and t- tell us how they came up with their character? And I mean, I chose Paladin because I, you know, I used to play D and D back in the '80s when I was a kid, right. and it was so much fun. Back then, they didn't have all the classes and race that right. now. But Paladin was like that was my character back then because he's kind of like a, a badass fighter and like very yeah. virtuous. But also being a stand-up comic. I want him to be a little funny, so I, I, I wanted a character who's like powerful and charismatic, but yeah. he's not smart. But, and like, you don't play him as a paladin, really, no? At I know, all. I don't. Like he's more like a rogue. I yeah. think. I yeah. think we all started with certain intentions in yeah. mind, and then we're and then just kind of like, just straight. Yeah. But I feel like that's funny, and also like that you're almost creating your own new class. Yeah. Which is like a paladin, like a twisted paladin class. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, well, it's is, the is exact that... opposite of Surly. Yeah. Not, <laughs> twisted paladin sounds like an ICP album. Yeah. A completely unempathetic paladin. Yes. If you just took the whole <laughs> autism awesome. spectrum and put it in a person. <laughs> <laughs> you get Gavin. 
Insane Clown uh, Posse presents Twisted <laughs> Paladin. That's fun. Insane wow. Cat Paladin. <laughs> and and a Tabaxi like it's that's just, a that's a, a fun choice red. too. Yeah, that was just I was just he sent me a list of the races we could choose. And that one just looked cool. So I was like, yeah, Super I want to be a cool. big cat, dude. I think, and I didn't bring it up, but I had wrote an alternate version of that where there was also Panther people, and they were in uh, Wakanda. But I figured, well, he'll get that one easily. That that's made up. But. Incidentally, uh, Kevin fans are tic- are traditionally known as Tabaxalos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I I do want to take that moment to acknowledge that it's fun. Like on social media, all of our characters have fans. Like there are people that reached out to each of us individually, saying how much they like our characters. Isn't and that's that so cool. Yeah, yeah so I know. Weird. You know. <laughs> I actually forgot a Sorry, part yeah. of my developing my character was um, to be um, like the antithesis to decorative cabbage. <laughs> Interesting. Um, so he had already sort of developed his character. Yeah. Well, you know, Sorry, if you no. if you know Dan or listen to the early episodes, um, that decorative cabbage was basically Dan being a version of himself. Yeah. And he um, was also sort of a chaos bringer. Oh yeah, yeah. he it's was like um, Charlie and Sunny and Philip when he yells yes. "Wildcard bitches" and jumps out yes. the back of the van. Which I feel like is your character now. Like, yes, sort but of he was even worse. a little. I'm I'm brained in. You've taken that on. Yeah, it's well. Yeah, you've taken it on a little bit, but so his I kind of developed my character to to like work with that character, and it was um, you know just designed to be decorative cabbages, like two opposite sides of the same coin. Well, he's yeah. I don't know if you guys ever heard the the trivia from the movie Predator uh, when they were making that movie. Sonny Landham is a notorious just fucking crazy dude, and so they hired Shane Black keep an eye on him specifically to like stop him from getting arrested and beating people up so Clint is basically our our Shane Black <laughs> which characters did they Sonny play Sonny was Sonny was the, the Native American okay oh, really? he, yeah with the he would go to bars and just beat everybody up and get in fights and and they hired Shane Black like to, to and who, keep, which one was Shane Black uh, he was the one who made bad jokes all the time okay with the oh glasses. yeah okay yeah. gotcha 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 yeah I told my wife I'd like a little pussy. She was like, mine too. I mean, it's as big as a house. That joke. <laughs> I know the Predator pretty well. Um, anybody else? That's actually a much better way how about to you? than he did. Oh, how did Mr. I come up with mine? Bingsley. I, well, to be honest, I was invited and thought I had no time to sort of consider it. So I think that Damien had suggested this race, the Furball, which I'd never heard of. And Nor he, had I. And he said it was like a cow kind of man, which it's not. <laughs> but he said it was. And I ran up those four flights of steps to the podcast and sat down and I was out of breath. And he's like, what's your name? And I was like, <gasps> Chud Bingsley. Like, I, that's how much thought went into it. Like, I had no idea until those words came out. And even if you listen to it, you can tell I don't have the accent down at all at first. <laughs> yeah. And I can't. And I don't have the character at all until, like, halfway through the thing. But that goes to so. show you're, like, you're... Ability to be creative in the moment. I just like those stupid names too. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. love those stupid names. names. Yeah. You know, my other character, I'm already regretting the name. Flip Dimpleton. Flip Dimpleton. <laughs> like I'm like, damn it, why? You know, I love it's it. Philip. It's Philip no. Flip Dimpleton. No. But you know, you could also so call it Lip. Yeah. I, I know. Mean, uh, I'm stuck with it now because I know all our listeners want to know, uh, Mal, how'd you come up with your character? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That's what I expected. Good answer. She's actually mentally sending her full answer <laughs> to Gonk. <laughs> so if you want to read her full answer, you, you feel free. Oh, God. Uh, we're going to need a second podcast. Twas the winter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was a good character. It was a bad character. Um, oh, uh, thank you for asking. Yeah, Gonk. Yeah, I'd like to hear Gonk's answer. 
I uh, I looked at D and D Beyond. I saw the lineup, and I'm like, these guys need a. Need a we need a barbarian. Yeah. yeah. Did you pick the race or class first? Meaning, like, were you like, I'm going to be a turtle, and then a barbarian, or were you well, like, I'm going to be a barbarian? What's a good we race? We had a whole mixed bag. Mm. Uh, that it was just like a free for all as far as like races goes. We have a huge party too. It's just a yeah. much it's bigger. And we're all than... different races, which is really fun. Yeah. So I'm just like, okay, well, I have to be. I, I guess I should be a weirdo. So I picked a turtle. Yeah. I've never been a turtle before. I'd never even heard of these races it's, to be honest, because I only played it when I was a kid. Too, right? And as a kid, all I know about is sort of the Lord of the Rings, you know, which is like. A ripoff of D and D, or maybe the. Whoa, well, you're gonna make so many Sorry. listeners mad with that Sorry. comment. Just I meant the other way around. <laughs> I meant the other way around. D and D was influenced <laughs> by Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah. But anyway, but those are the only races, you know, Hobbit well, and and like. That's one of the cool things that, I guess you call uh, it now. But Wizards has done recently is they've really upped the like diversity. You can literally be almost anything you want now. Yeah, I wanted and, to see what that Dragonborn was. Well, that's if somebody could be that in our party because that just sounds cool. I don't even know. Yes, that's all they do the whole time is yeah, just walk so around doing that. It was like <laughs> turtle barbarian, and then I gave him like the pirate. You, you can give your character a background. I like so that I you did that. So I picked pirate, and then I thought, okay, and then and then it automatically generated an age for me. Okay. And it was like 56, 57. D&D Beyond did that? Yeah, okay. exactly. And I looked it up, and I saw that they and Furbolgs uh, actually live for like up to three or 400 years. Oh, right? nice. And I was like, oh, my God. Um, these guys are... And so I, we're kind of adolescents I, at this exactly. point. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I took it... Well, You I and I are like Baby Yoda. Sort of. And we... Nice. Um... And I looked up uh, turtles, and I saw that they are actually like turtles that they only reproduce like in the in the last couple decades of their life. And then I'm like, okay, so this guy's he is a total sexophobe. Oh, that makes sense yeah. now. He's like a he's like a panda. So you're just waiting, really, because you don't do it till the end of your life. So the whole the whole point is like, don't talk to me about sex. Yeah, I'm not interested until I'm, not I'm ready like to die. 299 exactly. years old. <laughs> um, That's funny. And then, yeah, because they, yeah, they're raised up until like, you know, they're 30 and then the parents, you know, go out to sea and wander off or something like wow. that. Wow. They're wanderers. And then I, as far as the character goes, at first I was very influenced by like John Goodman in uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Yeah. And then it sort of has mutated into sort of like this weird, deep-voiced <laughs> Huck Finn. I don't know exactly. Every single time mutated. I put a sketch of oh, that's Gonk funny. up on Twitter uh, and there's like seven or eight of them up there now, everybody's just like, yeah. I don't see it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's it's, uh, I'm just like, yeah, he's a barbarian. They're like, no, no, you need to you need to go back to what Damien described. I'm like, how did Damien describe? Like, he's Winnie the Pooh that fucks. Mm -hmm. That's you're you're a roly poly like alligator turtle that smiles. You need to be a lot softer and a lot rounder. Yeah, like, oh, okay, so. But I, then in battle, you really take it up a notch. I, I mean, take you, it up with a the notch, raging and then I roll like an idiot. <laughs> I, I'm just like I'm up there with my with my deuces. That's I'm, the fun, like the crazy part, probably for Sarah and I, watching the other people do like 18 attacks and yeah. just decimate the enemy, and then we're like. I... I'm gonna try and shoot an arrow. <laughs> oh, or I'm gonna fucking release a cloud of smoke and fuck up my own teammates. <laughs> I was exploring my skills. Well, one time I was Mel and I blew the whistle and fucked everybody. <laughs> and I gave you so much shit for that. Yes, but that, I think that's so much fun, so. though. You know. Yeah. Actually, I think one of the most fun things we've done is when we do the dance competition and like oh, people are great. helping each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. 
this, I'll go back into sort of character here for this next question because. Um, Let's all do that. These are all kind of character questions, it's got too. Weird. So, uh, question. <laughs> I'm like being myself. I know, it's fun being ourselves. And then we transform back. Boom. What are the characters' skincare routines? This is our second Twitter question. <laughs> Since they have Chud, they could be doing milk baths. I suspect Gertrude just likes feeling like a natural woman. Very curious about Gonk and Lothario from at Spacecrab1441. As I'd, like to, I'd like to field this one. Well, as, as the question is read, Kevin stops licking his arm and just looks up. <laughs> <laughs> he turns around, his leg goes down. <laughs> Stop licking your ass. <laughs> He's prov- he's uh, working on his skincare currently. Um, yeah, what are the character skincare routines? Gong? May I begin? Yeah. Yeah, skincare routines. Uh, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> That's when you wash the surface of your body. Um, um it's like uh, you ever seen when when Gertrude gets just gets covered in mud? Uh huh. Mm-hmm. It's the opposite of that. <laughs> when Does that help? Gets- it's when. When covered you, with when not you clean yeah. Is this another mammal sex thing? Because I don't know. It ain't. It, it ain't at all. So I get. I get. I'm guessing by the crust, crusty buildup yeah. on on uh, your entire epidermis. Yeah. There's not a lot of skin care. I work hard for the for the for the crustaceans and the barnacles and what have you. He works hard for the crustaceans. He does. Yeah, I work hard for the barnies. It works yeah, hard for so the Barneys. Hard for the Barneys. Oh my God. The band starts playing. Uh, what about you, Tiffy? You got skincare routines? He, I mean, is that skin? Well, it's skin. it's not skin, but um, Ogma warned Tifi's me. Tiffy's like, yes, I have skin. He pulls out like a human hide. I moisturize it every day. Oh, God. I keep it in this box. Oh, my God. <laughs> so terrifying. So as you know, I don't have skin, um, aside from my collection. <laughs> oh, God. He makes a wonderful light shade. But, he's into, uh, he's Og- into taxidermy, y'all. Ogma warned me that I may not last forever, so since then I've been um, regularly oiling and tempering my uh, exterior structure to keep myself, um, you know, <laughs> supple and rust-free. <laughs> But yeah. because of my mace of dwarven kind, I keep growing this rust beard, and it's getting bigger and bigger. So I can't do anything about that. But I look pretty darn cool now. You actually have a beard made out of rust? You haven't noticed? <laughs> that was that was a. It's not was really a, a beard. Uh, it's just kind of a shadow. <laughs> yeah, he, he has a beard made out of rust. It's like it, I give myself a, la- a minus one point to perception. <laughs> And I give you a plus one point to inspiration because of that beard. That is crazy. I personally, I think it's boss as hell. That's awesome. That is super awesome. Uh, Almost awesome, you. and you know I love moss. Uh, Gertrude's holding up. Gertrude, the what kind of what kind of skincare routine? I find the best thing to be for the skin is a combination of sweat <laughs> and cigarette ash, and you're just gonna want that to sit for a couple weeks at a time, and that's really gonna lock in the moisture mm-hmm. underneath. Yeah, you're going. really like the George Washington Carver of cigarettes, aren't you? I mean, you just found a million uses for those wonderful things. I am working on a peanut butter-like cigarette <laughs> tobacco product, so yes. That sounds delicious. As a note, um. <laughs> Folks, she looks way worse for her age than she should. (laughs) Do not take her advice. She looks horrible. You just haven't seen me under the ash. 
ash. Once the ash mask is removed, I look wonderful. It's kind of like a butterfly coming out of cocoon. I will metamorphosis. Kevin does air quotes and says, wonderful. <laughs> How many times can you say ash mask fast? Ash mask, ash mask. Ash. Not even one. <laughs> one time. It wasn't even fast. So, so you use a mask of ashes and what else? Mask? Well, so, what did you say? so I get a natural glow on my face, mm-hmm. which sometimes people call sweat. And then as I smoke, the ash just naturally sticks to it. So then I just let it build up. And then I chip it away every couple of weeks to release all the the nutrients into my skin. Like an ashy cocoon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so disgusting that I have to give you a point of inspiration for that. So keep that in mind. It's a crap coon. It's a crap coon. And I guess I like you get a point no, for no, that. No, no, so no. everyone I'll probably get attacked by cricket. Hold one. on a second. I'm going to roll for audience. <laughs> yeah, let's roll for audience. Uh, and if it's I got an eight. Okay, uh, you don't get a point of inspiration uh, for that. But you don't get eaten. But you live. Uh, yes. You still live. Okay, I got another question for you, y'all. Now, um, this is a good one. Uh, if your character had its own podcast, what would it be about? Now, that's from a Facebook user. Anthony is here for your goth girlfriends. That's his name. <laughs> it's a long Facebook name. Hide your well, goth girlfriends. Hide your goth girlfriends. <laughs> Anthony is out. Anthony is trying to get what out. What about your regular girlfriends? They're fine. <laughs> if uh, if your girlfriend is pale with dark hair, she's at risk. High contrast is a plus. If your character had its own podcast, what would it be about, Gunk? Oh, oh, that's easy. Do you know uh, what a podcast is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Pods are what uh, is currently in Kristen Michelle. Uh, <laughs> you gonna cast, cast it off? What you do in order to catch a fish? So basically, yes. what I'm gonna do is talk about uh, all the t- one million and one uses for uh, for jellyfish sandwiches and uh, how to catch them, how to base them, how to eat them. You can have popcorn jellies. You can have uh, uh, sh- uh, jelly scampi. You can have. Uh, Jelly, uh, you have uh, just call him Forrest Gunk. So all that plus uh, marinating them in uh, Goblin Merlot. No guests, no interviews, no nothing. Just fishing in Merlot. Yeah, that sounds good. And the screams of the jellyfish dying. Yeah, brought uh, to you by Casper. That's great audio. What about you, Tiffy? It would be Tiffy's tinkering tips and tricks. Nice. I like the alliteration. I hate it. Oh, I didn't even notice. Oh, look who's here. Fresh in from the can. You got out of the bathroom. We have our favorite rogue. Ladies and gentlemen, he's been stuck in the bathroom for hours. Lothario, we were so worried about you. 53 minutes, he was in the shitter. (laughs) I got rid of my socks because no one brought me TP. Oh, (laughs) thank you. Why brought you TP? But here's the upside. Your character looks very good and moisturized, and that goes right with this question from Twitter for you. The question was, what is your character's skincare routine? And they're very interested. They specifically said they're very curious about Gonk and yourself, Lothario, and your skincare routine. Interesting. Uh, well, since uh, Chud joined the, the group, I've been sneaking some of his milk. <laughs> Beautiful. I was hoping somebody yeah. was. I, was I mean, I know, I know he offers it, but me stealing it like kind of like makes it feel Now, right. here Chud's been thinking he's practice. been having wet dreams every night. I know. Ash <laughs> has been used stealing Every morning, I'll We've both been up. having wet dreams, let me tell you. <laughs> I'd say, my carton is less full. What's going on? <laughs> that, and I just get at least 15 minutes of sun. Uh, every day, very good. You advice. know, got to make sure I balance it out. 
you so know, you with don't, all the dungeon crawling. So how do you feel about like a cigarette ash cocoon mask? That's what Gertrude uses. Ooh, I, I'd, I'd give that a shot. Yeah? <laughs> give that a try, See, yeah. That's yeah. so bad. Tiffy Definitely. says that that's a terrible idea to give that a shot. Oh, you know what? That's yeah. I should listen to Tiffy. Yeah, probably. Yeah, you know, that's a good call. <laughs> probably so. All right, well, I, I got another question here for y'all. And uh, Lothario, this next question is, if your character had his own podcast... Right. We will get to Kevin's in a second. <laughs> if your character has had its own podcast, what would it be about? And that's from Facebook user Anthony's here for your golf girlfriends. Would it would it be a, a caddy uh, fashion podcast? Mm. Like like a Joan Rivers but like me? Like just <laughs> just ripping on people for what they're wearing? <laughs> I'd like I to see. That. I don't know. I don't know. Good answer, Tiffy. Did you complete your answer about your tinkering show? Because it was. Can we hear the name of it one more time? Uh, yes, Tiffy's tinkering tips and tricks. Which it wouldn't be about tinkering at all. Really? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> of course, it's about tinkering. That's all I care about. Roll for audience reaction. Yeah, yeah, really sure. Roll for that. Who's rolling? Roll for cricket. Natural twenty. <laughs> Sixteen. What a piece oh of shit. Sixteen. It's a good joke. The That's crowd a good joke. So far. The crowd good loves joke. that joke better than all the other ones so far. Um, That's awesome. <laughs> Um, that's great. So, would if you? That's have, what they enjoy. I don't want this audience to laugh at me. <laughs> would you have guests on your show, TV? Oh yes, I would have guests and audience participation, giving um, uh, uh, what's it called? Um, when when people ask for things they want, um, recommendations, audience recommendations, and and then they and then I would uh, try to build the things that they want to build. Wow, that sounds like a good show, uh, Kevin. What about you? You'd have a podcast. Oh, indeed. Would it be the one where you uh, talk with a guy about science and then a real raspy guy who has a lot of stories made up? He's real degenerate. (laughs) (laughs) Cross promotion, y'all. Check out the Degenerates podcast with Dave Callens every day. (laughs) (laughs) Seems like. Brian Shores has a lot of stories. Uh, No, tell us, Kevin, tell us. As, as such a successful paladin being sent from temple to temple to solve their problems, I would have a problem-solving show. Audience would call in and ask me what they were dealing with, and I would help them. I would also have a segment about different uses for hammers during combat, and it would be called Hammer Time. That's a good answer. Hammer Time, y'all. Hammers are good for smashing and crushing and beating. There's that second Kevin um, <laughs> I'll do the, the Forrest Gump thing. Hammer Smash stew, hammers, hammer crushing hammers, <laughs> crashing hammers, swinging hammers. And uh, can you combine them, uh, jellyfish and hammers? <laughs> oh, in so many different ways. Um, Mal, same question. Podcast? Would it be? I don't know. Something about Muller? No. Good answer. Now. <laughs> I got one more question, and of course it's for Gertrude. Gertrude, what would you be? uh, What would your podcast be if you had one? I think the best way I could give back to society is to have a podcast in which I try and rate every single type of cigarette out there Mm. to find the best cigarette. Enunciate the the tea and how. What is your? I was a little worried for a second. What is your favorite cigarette right now? Uh, Right now, I am a Marlboro woman. And I want to break out a character. Sarah Lee, have you ever smoked cigarettes? I have tried one. <laughs> I did not like. <laughs> That's what? how much character work she's doing, y'all. She's, she's really acting. This is not, uh, she just doesn't like them, but in this reality, loves them. So you said Marlboro? Is that what Marlboro now. 
Yeah. I think in the past, you know, I liked Camel Blues, but then they changed the formula, so it's not the same anymore. Fantasy Camel Blues. Yeah, but then there was that whole, you know, rush with the... Mm-hmm. Sostagarian spirits. Sostagarian spirits, right. But right. he did it because he's faster. Well, there we go. <laughs> and those were supposed to be better for you because it was natural. Yeah. But they're so packed so thick in there, you have to roll half of them out before you can even smoke them. Have you tried chewing tobacco? I have not because I am a lady. That surprises me. Well, I really haven't does. seen you really. eat cigarettes. As she spits that into a spittoon. So you just been so you just been spitting this whole time for no reason. I don't spit. I swallow. Oh Jesus. my lord! The tobacco? Yes. Oh, you use swallowing tobacco. <laughs> I've had Tabaxi? seven stomach ulcers. <laughs> we got to go back to hmm. interview Sal. Okay. So Salvador Viesca also yes, is well, here. Uh, he came in hmm. uh, piggybacking. On Lothario, and the question for him was, "How did you choose your character? How did you come up with uh, your your race and class and your character in general? Uh, what drew, what drew you to the race and class? And, and how did you develop your amazing voice? Yeah, how did you come up with that? Is it a lot of brainstorming, a lot of uh, sort of workshopping? Do you practice for hours? Yeah, we got your chair uh, wired electrically, so if you get the answer wrong, we're gonna buzz you. True. Well, when I first conceived of Lothario de la Pulga, <laughs> yes! I was point of inspiration. I was right sitting there. with some friends. Actually, Lothario de la Pulga is uh, the name we came up with for uh, my first Dungeons and Dragons campaign in high school. My friend got really stoked. He bought all the books. His grandma bought him all the books. By the way, yeah. that, that was a very good character voice right at the beginning yeah. there. <laughs> what character? That uh, was excellent. Pray tell. I, Pray I, tell. I haven't a clue. Um, <laughs> almost Stewie esque. And uh, you know what? It was funny. I was I was going to go with a voice, and then she chimed in with something, and then I was like shifted it, and then he said something. I was like, "Fuck it! I don't know what's coming out of my mouth." Oh wow! But something's <laughs> about to come out of my mouth. That's great. Oh uh, yeah, it was our first character for D and D, and my friend Ryan got us all excited. We thought about it for like literally weeks. We sat down for two hours, hated Ryan for it. He smashed us with some gelatinous cubes, and we never played it again. Really? So it was just like that one day. So that one day culminated to that one day. And we're like, you know what? Let's go back to Hero Clicks. Like, are you <laughs> are you surprised that we have gone for as long as we've gone with this? And this group and everything? I honestly didn't even know these episodes were getting released. I, <laughs> I thought Damien just needed friends. and oh, I they're was, not getting released. I, yeah. I, kn- I just saw the puppy dog look in his eyes, and I knew he needed us. It was mostly uh, <laughs> for him to record his fetishes. Yes. In an audio medium. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and I think I, I rolled my character just basically what I like to play in games. Like Which is the sort stealth, of the stealth thief, rogue kind of grab thing. Grab stuff and, like, hey, uh-huh. this is for me. You're all digital. You don't matter. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah, cool. <laughs> cool. That's um, awesome. That's when are really you going to cool. start uh, doing that? Oh, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah you're right. <laughs> Good point. Instead of just announcing that you're going to try. <laughs> no, that one, that, that that shop we were outside of, that came from, like, me, like, getting, not, my hand was getting raised and no one really responding. I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do this thing. And he's like, okay, we'll go with it. I was like, why'd you listen to that one? Why'd you, why'd you listen to that part? That's so funny. Why'd you, how'd you? And, and this for everyone, have you guys found that to be an issue of, like, how do I jump in on a podcast that has eight people all trying to oh, share? Oh, right. I'm, oh yeah, right. So right. 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 Everybody's always talking about Damien warned me things would be like this. Yeah, Damien said, keep him in line. No. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if everybody has that same feeling of like, I got to pick my spots. I don't want to talk too much, but if I don't assert myself, I'm not going to be on this podcast, you know? Well, whose first D&D game is this? Or who's played D&D before? I played it when I was a kid. 20 years ago. This is your first. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, so the, just like, I play games, but I don't know what to do here. Like sometimes I like in the first a few episodes, I'm like, am I allowed to do that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can I? Oh, that's funny. I'm still yeah. figuring it out. And then also there's eight people, right? And you don't want to say the one thing that ruins the day oh, for yeah. like no, yeah. two feel, hours. I feel the same way, and it was kind of like everybody was just throwing in what they wanted to do, and I'm very much of a like. But what do you want? Options do? A or B. Uh, I yeah. can't handle. I like Pokemon, where it's like, do I will go that way or do I go this way? Do I fight or do Definitely I catch? Go that you way. know. And they don't and, die. Right. Exactly. Loss? There's no real loss. They <laughs> just fly away, but you save the game so you can restart you can and try out. again. So you can't handle sandbox games that are too open. It just you get lost. I, there's too yeah. many options yeah. in this world. That mm. I'm just too like, many towers eh. to climb. That it makes seems sense. to me that like a group of improv people would take to this mm-hmm. very well. And yeah. with us, it's all stand up, so we have no experience of like working with each other. Never, yeah. Okay, look, uh, AG invited me to this thing. Yeah, I've never. Played out, played or hung out with you guys before being on this podcast. Yeah. I feel like you guys actually listen pretty well. Nice. Um, and you've played D and D with other real players before. Other humans. Well, other real players. You more, know, more other like just imaginary people because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, because you've you know, left this room before. I have. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> as far as you know. Yeah, I think um, his eyes roll back and light shoots out of his mouth. He's always here when I get here. So. Next, you're gonna say you don't still live with your parents, and that's yeah. like. <laughs> what anyway, a, so what an empty life. I don't. What an empty life. I, I, but I have played D and D before, and I feel like you guys actually do a lot of uh, because you are kind of improv-y, like Yeah. Most improv is listening and then trying to think of like, okay, how do I take what he just said and then add a swirl to it? Right. And like, or a dick he, joke. Or a dick joke. <laughs> mostly dick jokes, but I feel like a yeah, dick joke swirl. Yeah. A swirly dick joke. Love those. Um, but it's funny because I, I don't know how many of you guys actually listen to our podcast. I, I Zero. Zero of us. I, <laughs> I, I, I do. But you I do prefer sometimes? the Call of Cthulhu, like the spin-offs over the yeah. actual oh, D&D. We got some know. really good reviews on that one. I think because it was yeah. something that was so yeah. unique and different, I was invested a little bit more yeah. in playing because I felt... The stakes seemed higher. Well, and I also felt it was a leveled playing field in that we were all experiencing it for the first time versus oh, with D&D. Mm. Every, you know, some people in here have more experience than others. Not only that, the characters were leveled mm-hmm. in that we all were sort of like... Powerless, yeah. equally. Yeah. You well, know, we nobody had weapons. Nobody yeah. had items or powers. It wasn't like <clears throat> one person cast all these wacky spells and I just got a bow, right? Like <laughs> this. I thought. I, I thought <laughs> for that reason, say. it was interesting, and I really loved that we. Jesse, yeah, so you liked Cthulhu because it really die. played into your low rolling strategy. That's <laughs> true. That is true. <laughs> I cannot roll. That's a very good point. I rolled terribly, but in Call of Cthulhu, I rolled okay. great. Yeah. yeah, but except I, for when you died. Yeah, well, that too. But that was really. <laughs> but don't worry, more, that was, we brought you back to life. It was more of a choice. <laughs> um, but I think Kids on Bikes uh, as the promise of being just as incredible as that Call of Cthulhu. Well, I think we're now park. all in a place where we're with Kids on Bikes. We can go into it for the fun. Yeah. Whereas I think when we created our D and D campaign, there was an element of like let's play for real. But then there was a mix of like Kevin, obviously working really hard to get comedic reactions and things like that so it's wasn't that hard it comes naturally (laughs) (laughs) and so then it's you know but kids on bikes we can all set it up to be we're having fun and kids on bikes again it sort of levels the playing field the characters nobody's like you know super powered this or something and I get to be homeschooled so it's really cool we're we're all exploring it together I think it's really fun I'm excited do you know when you're going to do the next one uh, as soon as we find somebody good to uh, play it. Okay. Yeah. I got one more question, and then we're going to move on to the next uh, segment of our game show. So uh, this last question will be back in character for us. 
And uh, I'm going to start with Gertrude with the question. So this is our last question today. And uh, it may be a little odd, but the question is, F, marry, or kill Lord Privilegington, Mercutio, a.k.a. French Gallagher, or Genital Jacks? Gertrude, mm. what are your thoughts? And explain. Lord Priv, French Gal, <laughs> Genital Jacks. <laughs> Anybody can jump in. As she mouth. would okay. F, marry, and kill all three of them. At least throw an R in there. That is correct, yes. <laughs> but F, marry, and kill them all. To follow the rules of this game, yeah. I would say I would kill Genital Jacks. Because you already effed him? I already effed him. Not <laughs> worth my time to go back. I would. That box is checked. <clears throat> this box is so checked. So Jax dies. Don't look out into the audience. There was called low hanging fruit. <laughs> but not for Jax, hey. No, these are called low hanging fruit. <laughs> Flip a boob over my shoulder. <laughs> I would F. Mercutio, and I would marry Lord Privilington. Really? And that would be because... I know I cannot say his name still <laughs> Do you take Gertrude Privilington? That's my new name. Realistically, he's a bro who vapes so much. He's not going to be able to get it up. That's so the I'm not going to have to do much. But then I'm going to get all the riches. Pretty smart. Mm-hmm. Where does sneak you, a PSA in there? I don't know that about vaping. <laughs> <laughs> Smoking yeah. will fuck up your dick. What? <laughs> I think you're doing it wrong. <laughs> Anybody else uh, want to uh, take this one over? The... I'd, I'd just kill, kill, kill. Lathar's <laughs> <laughs> like, I'd just fuck, fuck, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, can, he can take my F's, I'll take his K's. That's great. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, we got one more special game to play on today's show, and I'm very glad Nobody that... Nobody uh, TV has to say. Got, TV, did you have a response to that? He hasn't blinked in five minutes. <laughs> um, I don't have Still those loading. types of organs, so uh, I can't... We have. can find them. You can improvise. We'll make a way. Where there's a hole, there's a will. Would you marry? Jesus. <laughs> I'm done with this now. You, you don't have the organs to kill. All right. Um. <laughs> he doesn't have the gonads to kill. Okay. Y'all, it's, I'm glad we got that straightened out. Now, it's time to move on to the final segment of today's game. It's really the reason we're all here today on the show. And it's called Chud's Chuck Wagon Challenge. As our fans know, this is a medieval cooking contest in a steampunk kitchen. A little confusing, but this is how it goes. As Chud stands up from his desk, it slides away to the right. <laughs> the couch slides away to the left. And the what? studio magically transforms into a fully functional steam-powered kitchen. I was really hoping the desk would turn into another turtle. <laughs> it's just like a thing that they do. <laughs> Let's retcon that. The it's desk, a living. <laughs> the desk turns into a turtle and crawls off to the right. Very okay. slowly. Very slowly. And then rages. Um, that's really great. Chud hands each guest an apron and a ridiculous chef's hat. 
and then a large picnic basket materializes in front of them at each of their cooking stations. What the hell? <laughs> each plate. Kevin readies his hammer. <laughs> Your item is a watermelon. <laughs> each player is provided with a mystery basket containing random items, which we'll use to cook the dish. Everyone will end up with the same items, but the way we pick them is going to be fun. Each player will roll the d20, and you can do that now. Roll the d20 to choose one of the random items in the basket. Oh, good. All the players were going to have just 30 minutes to create a delicious and beautiful plate of chow using all the items uh, chosen. Plus, you may use anything in Chud's pantry, which admittedly has mostly milk and milk-related items. Contestants cook their dishes and then present them to the judge, yours truly. Chud will then give a one, two, or three points in the categories of presentation, taste, and creativity in the use of the mystery ingredients. It's a lot like chopped, you're right. I know that's trademark, but we're doing our own thing. In the end, Chud will judge the dishes and declare the winner or winners and the prizes to be awarded. And y'all, whatever you roll for the D21 first, that's gonna be initiative. We should have done a roll for initiative first. So everybody tell me initiative. Six. We both have 12. Age before beauty. So 12, what'd you get? Both is me. One. One. Uh, <laughs> what did you have, Gonk? 16. Ooh, so Gonk first. And Sal? Six. In order, we're also going to roll for our mystery ingredients. Now, as you guys roll the dice, each person is going to choose one item in that basket that's sort of the, the item that's connected to them. And that item, we're all going to use it, but for that one person, it may have a special sort of magical property, which we're going to roll for later, okay? Right. So each uh, player, in order, starting with Gonk, roll the 20, and I will tell you what ingredient is the first one you'll all be using and what ingredient Gonk picks out of the basket. Uh, is there any like modifiers or anything like that? No modifiers. Okay. Just random slices. No mo ra roll random. A three. Okay, Gonk rolled a three, and he reaches into the basket. Screams he, in pain and pulls back a bloody stump because oh, his hand was bitten God, off. No. <laughs> he pulls out a small carton that looks like a little milk carton or uh, or like cream possibly, and it has a picture of two hobbits on it, and it's <laughs> it says halfling and halfling. Which is like half and half, but made by hobbits. Well, this is the nightmare scenario right here. Hope you're not lactose intolerant. You got some beautiful halfling and halfling right there, Chud. Everybody gets that one. Might be something special about it for you, though, Gonk. All right. So we all have that as an ingredient? Everybody has okay. that. So write that down. Keep that in mind. You've got halfling and halfling, which is kind of uh, fantasy half and half cream. Fantasy cream. All right. <laughs> fantasy cream. You described that twice. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Gertrude? I rolled a 12. You reach in and you you draw out what looks like a crystal vial that's containing smaller crystals inside, and you realize that it's etched on the side with a label that says Sorcerer's Sea Salt. All right, Kevin, roll the 20. I'd like to use my point of inspiration to make it a 21. <laughs> <laughs> you can use the point of inspiration, but it'll no, be no, it. to roll on for advantage. Yeah. I'm hoping for some gelatinous cube cubes, <laughs> or perhaps Eye of Beholder. Gelatinous. 
What is your vicarian's Gelatania sounds like a football like quarterback or something. He's not very smart. He's not very smart. Not to be confused with gelatinous. It's two different things. Walker, did you see that? Did you see that touchdown pass from Gelatania's crew? That was amazing. That Gelatania's bloodline is incredible. Let me tell you. Sure can play. What's your roll? Twenty. A twenty. Oh wow. Okay, so Dave reaches into the the bag. And he draws out a small satchel, and it's a little tiny, what looks like a leather bag with a gold string that uh, uh, closes it as he opens Slowly it. Slowly bats at the string. Dumps it into his hand, and it's out come what look like kidney beans that are all iridescent and shifting in color. And you realize these are magic beans. Sal, roll the 20. A 10. Okay, you rolled a 10. Oh, wow. You reach into the basket, and you draw forth... It's like a huge stone, and as you pull it out, you realize it's sort of pulsating with some kind of internal energy, and that this is a dragon's egg. Yes. Dag. Damn. You guys have picked some big items. Okay, so uh, who's Do we next? Get a dragon's egg? Everybody gets a dragon's egg. Mm-hmm. They're all a little bit Everybody different, too. Last one is Tifi. Tifi, what's your last roll here? I also rolled a 20. Okay, well, you have to roll again. On <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> More beans. No. <laughs> That picketing 19. Is there we go. Okay. 19. You roll in, and there is a uh, what looks like a big uh, bar that you unwrap. It's, it's wrapped in a, sort of a foil, and uh, you realize this is dark elf dark chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> so this is drow chocolate. Tell me back what, what everything was that we picked. You got halfling and halfling, sorcerer sea salt, magic beans, dragon's egg, and drow dark chocolate. Okay. So the idea is to make one cohesive dish with all of these items within a half an hour. Everybody is using it. Uh, there's no real rules to this, but that's the uh, that's the idea. And then you want to have the presentation. You're going to describe it, and you're going to use as much creativity as possible, which will adjust your other roles. If you'd like, I can also read you some of the other food items that were on this list. It's possible that maybe we can get one more item out of the pantry or something to add to this. Who knows what can happen? You should... Give each of us an item so we each have one unique thing besides all the shared stuff. Oh, interesting. To do as a side dish or something? No, no, just like because we all have the same ingredients. Everybody should have like one different ingredient. Like, I'm, I'm amenable to, be- to that idea. You guys want to do that? Sure. I mean, it wouldn't put you on an even playing field because everybody would have something different. You right. know? And Chopped, it's like everybody's the same shit. Well, what, what but this I, is our own show, so. Sorry to interrupt, but what if I get gelatinous about something <laughs> that he has? And I'm like, I get so gelatinous sometimes when I see something that people have that I don't. I think that uh, that's a very gelatinous point. So let's do that. Let's okay. all roll the 20-sided one more time, and everyone's going to have one unique item to add to their basket. This is going to be real crazy. Gong. Okay. If you repeat something, I'm not going to use it. Okay, 13. Okay. So Gonk rolls a 13, and... He reaches into the basket, but uh, Chud says, no, no, no. This extra item's not in the basket. We're going to have to bring it's this been inside out. you all along. <laughs> <laughs> it's love. <laughs> the main ingredient <laughs> is love. And then they bring out love. No. So uh, um, one of his Chud's assistants, uh, it's actually Gremel Stonebreaker, he brings out what looks like a cart on wheels with something gigantic underneath it covered in a huge sheet. I mean, you, it looks like the size of a truck is under this thing. You have no idea what could be this big as a mystery ingredient, but it is the most massive thing that takes up 
almost the whole studio <laughs> as he brings in this wheeled contraption. And then he says, go for it. Pull the sheet off. Take a look. It's the Optimus Prime. It's Optimus Prime. It's Optimus Prime. You draw... He draws the sheet from off of this humongous object, and it reveals what looks almost like a house, a tree house, that is laying on its side as if felled. And coming out of the bottom of the tree house is what appears to be the most gigantic chicken legs, chicken legs you've ever it. seen in your life. It's Baba Yaga's hut. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was hoping for Keebler elves. <laughs> <laughs> With a cup, well... There could be a couple Keebler elves dead on the inside of Baba Yaga's house. But regardless, this is basically a house connected to gigantic chicken legs um, that has been felled and is, uh, you know, available to cook. All right, next who's next? up, Gertrude. I rolled an 11. Okay, the 11. You draw forth what looks like a big package of uh, meat, but it has a very strange sort of... Um, uh, scent to it and the coloration and there's some sort of hair coming out and as you look at the label you see on the size the side of the label it says basilisk bacon so it is the bacon the belly meat of a uh, monstrous creature known as the basilisk okay dave i rolled a 16 all right 16 you draw forth from your basket a small glass jar with a cork in it and a little warning that says, do not open until it's time to cook. And on the other side, there's a little gold label, and it's marked uh, with uh, the silhouette of uh, what looks like some sort of creature. And it says on it, Banshee's Whale. Nice. So it sounds like there's a scream. Uh, the so, whale of a banshee is inside your jar. Got it. Sal, so, okay. what'd you roll? Shit, six. Wait, did I get six? No, no, because no. you guys yeah, told me six not to. Yeah, six is fine. Six is fine. Yeah. Awesome. Six is fine. Okay, you draw forth what, from the basket what looks like a gray creature with wings and claws on its feet, and it's marinated in some sort of dark liquid, and the label on the side says gargoyle in vinegar. Mmm. So it's a gargoyle. A whole one? In vinegar. Wow. All right. Stone or, like, meaty? It's meaty, but it looks kind of like stone. Oh, I mean, shit. it's gray. It's going to be interesting to work with. It's stoned. Ah. So, oh, we all are. right. So you chose gargoyle and vinegar. Who's uh, who's last? TV. Okay. Fifteen. Fifteen. Uh, you draw forth a huge uh, chunk of what looks like a very crusty and very stale bread. It's called medieval horse bread. This is the only real item in the whole basket. <laughs> the only real uh, item. There was something in the Middle Ages that a peasant bread recipe made with heritage wheat and legumes like split peas called medieval horse bread. So it doesn't actually have any horse in it, but maybe for the sake. You of saying this. they didn't have dragon's eggs in real life? <laughs> Bullshit. Yeah. I don't like this game anymore. All right, so everybody <laughs> has all of the the same items as well as one unique item. So the idea is that in order, everybody's going to take their turn according to initiative, and you're going to tell me how you're going to what you want to try to prepare, and how you're going to go about doing it. What steps you're going to take to cook it? What equipment you're going to use? what items you're going to try to get from the pantry, if any, and I'll have you roll the dice um, on sort of the success level of that first round of cooking. So we're going to go in order again, starting with Gonk, who rolled the highest on initiative. And uh, Gonk, it is your opportunity to tell me what you're going to make. All right. All right, then. So it's like that thing where they come over on yeah, chopped and they like, start talking to the person while they're trying to cook and distract them. And they're like, so what are you making? Looks good. I don't make know. Make it work. Is yeah, it salty enough? Right Do you really know? Your Bobby Flay's going to kick your ass. All that shit. 
<laughs> Are you nervous about losing your career? Yeah. <laughs> How does it feel to quit your job in order to come to a TV show that you're going to lose? All those questions are being fired at, at you guys while you try to prepare your first dish. And I would think with these weird items, you're just kind of staring at them at first. Like, what am I going to do with this? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, he says, looking at the giant friggin' like cursed hut. Of <laughs> I was thinking I was just going to make my favorite food, which is sea biscuit. But uh, now I'm thinking... Uh, I'm gonna do uh, a pasta carbonara, with, uh, but with uh, gi- with dragon's egg and with uh, I'm gonna pry them chicken legs off, uh, slice them up, use the dragon's egg, to sort of stir it up. Uh, in fact, get out of my way! I'm gonna go grab some uh, dried pasta from the uh, cupboard. All right, so Gonk goes to the pantry to try to find pasta mm-hmm. to use in his carbonara. How y'all spell that? <laughs> That sounds like a great dish, Gunk. Good luck in there. Please roll the 20-sided die to see if you find pasta or how your journey to the pantry goes. And I'll tell you that my general rule of thumb is that 1 to 6 is is kind of a failure. Uh, 7 to 13 is like a mixed success. 14 to 20 is a (laughs) critical success. Is a Mexican what? Is a Mexican success. It's a Mexican success, yes. Mixed success. So what did you roll? I rolled a 5. Okay, you rolled a five. So you're in there looking for pasta of any kind. You're looking for... I like the idea that you can fail to find pasta. Right. <laughs> it's a very hard thing, okay? He's in a rush. Pasta, what is Spaghetti. You're at first unable to find any pasta. And as Chud said, it seems like there's 80 types of milk in here. There's a chocolate milk. There's a strawberry milk. There's some sort of reduced Gunk's fat. Upset. There's he a high fat. All of this stuff came out um, of a friend of his, and he's yeah. like, he doesn't want any of it. You finally find one box of pasta. It's not a spaghetti or anything that you would use with carbonara, but it's like mm-hmm. those Mac big, long uh, strips that you would use for like lasagna. lasagna strips. Yeah. <laughs> So it's big lasagna strips, but unfortunately, as you take the box of lasagna down off of the shelf, it opens up and most of it falls out onto the ground and you're sort of trying to gather it up. Uh, Gunk would like to rage. Okay. I'm gonna help the pasta. Now there's no more pantry for anyone. Everybody else that's preparing their food, they just hear like the sounds of lightning and thunder from the pantry. You hear a screaming and a turtle raging in the pantry, and items are just smashing and bursting left and right. And you sort of Kevin looks and he says, "Do we all have to do that?" (laughs) I hope the chilies are okay. Um, All right, sorry. I assume you didn't want to use your point of inspiration on that. uh, I'd like to use my inspiration now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, To apologize to everyone. Apologize for for the studio audience. Okay. So the camera pans into into the pantry and just sees like an unbelievable mess of milk and pasta. Oh, there it is. (laughs) So... You, you gather up enough pasta that you think you can do something with it, a couple of sheets of lasagna that you think that you can probably try to work with, and you leave an incredible mess behind and, and head back to uh, to your station. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Who, who's the second? Who's next, uh, Sarah? Okay. okay. Chud comes over to her station, and he starts uh, bugging her like, What you gonna do over here, Gertrude? How's that jelly hand holding up? It's okay. I just gotta keep it away from the open flame. Oh, yeah. Good, <laughs> good call. For my item, I'm gonna make a delicacy in my family that we make back at the home. I'm going to do a flan 
a chocolate flan with a fombade bacon strip on top, but I do need to go and get some sherry, some cooking sherry to flambe the bacon. Okay, that sounds really excellent. <laughs> what an interesting idea. All right, well, g- good luck going in the pantry. I just, uh, <laughs> you might want to take a mop with you, though. It uh, sounds like a real mess in there. And uh, clean. Things have really gonked <laughs> to shit in there. <laughs> He's gonked some shit up in there, so go ahead and roll me the 20-sided die. I rolled a 13. You rolled a 13. Okay, what was my That was overall? the top end of the okay. Oh, top end of the okay. So it's a mixed, mixed success, but it's a pretty good roll. So you find some uh, really old... Uh, brandy. Um, it's not exactly uh, sherry, but it's uh, some sort of booze, and it smells like gasoline. I mean, it smells really, really potent, but it's, it still smells like some kind of liquor, so you think that maybe you could pull off something with it. It's not exactly what you're looking for, but it's still booze. Kevin, what the heck's happening over here? Well, I see a lot of stuff happening on this station. Uh, what was your special item that you picked, by the way? Mine was the Banshee's Scream. Oh, yes, the whale. Good luck with that one. What are you going to do with that, and how are you going to make this dish? Well, right now, I'm on my rocky talkie trying to call for pizza from somewhere. <laughs> That's Perhaps smart. Pizza Citadel or Padre John's. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> I have not much to work with here, to be honest with you. I think our sponsor is Lil Caesars. <laughs> um, so, so no ideas? You're just calling for pizza right now? You expect me to tell you what I'm going to do? No, not really. Well, good luck. I hope you get reception. We are 100 feet beneath the Citadel. Uh, 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 I imagine the camera zooming in on you. And 100 feet beneath the Citadel. <laughs> it's bad reception. Um, okay. Sal, you're The camera zooms up on Gonk. He's like slowly pulling the rocky talking. <laughs> he was fielding the call. Uh, yeah, pepperoni. Um, Lothario, what about you? What do you got in mind for this for this uh, cooking competition? And also, what was your special item that you uh, picked? Uh, the special item I got was the uh, the gargoyle in vinegar. Oh yes, gargoyle. That's truly disgusting. <laughs> <Did> you, <laughs> you know, you guys are saying that, but uh, I'm actually pretty excited. I'm gonna try to shoot for uh, uh, with the dark chocolate and all that. Um, a gargoyle in vinegar uh, mole. Oh. Breakfast dish with a dragon egg. I think I'm going to be able to serve it up for uh, all the judges and all my uh, fellow uh, guests. That sounds so, delicious. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for that. So I need to go to the pantry and I'm going to look for some chilies and uh, maybe diced tomato uh, for the sauce. Okay. The all right. So, so you're uh, looking for chilies and diced tomato. Give me two uh, rolls. Oh, two Give separate. Me two okay. Rolls. And if you still have the point of inspiration, you can always re roll one of those. I'm going to have to re-roll because I just rolled a four. Okay. <laughs> and what was that for? The chilies? Uh, or the it doesn't matter because I need them both. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. I got a 12. Uh, so that's on okay, the... That's uh, a mixed success. We'll do the... Uh, the, the what chilies were you make? looking for specifically? Uh, you know what? Variety. Okay. Uh, honestly, if I could do variety just for a mix of spice. So you were looking for a variety of chilies, and uh, but and, and you did find a variety of chilies, and they're those like hatch peppers. So you found like habaneros. Do you have any red and, hot ones? Uh, a couple of the, ha- the, the basically you found three of the hottest peppers known to man. They're, Fantastic. 
fantastic. They Obviously, are... that's Flea, Anthony, and, and John. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Chad sits in the wings. They're... Those are some hot chili peppers. Yeah. Um... And they're oddly shaped. <laughs> they like hang very low and they hang weak. Why do they have socks on them? <laughs> yeah. Well, that helps the moisture. So <laughs> they're really, really hot peppers. But uh, but you know, it's a variety. No, that's uh, that's what three, I'm going for. I mean, with the time. dragon egg, I figure it's going to be spicy anyway. That's true. Right. So. Yeah. All right. Now uh, next roll. Let's see if I find any of the uh, tomatoes. Okay. Nine? Okay. Um, you don't find any tomatoes, but you find a can of uh, red peppers. Uh, it's not fresh peppers, but it's like red like bell peppers canned. Yeah, it's the same shape. I'm not sure if they even <laughs> make that. <laughs> yeah, it's the same. It'll, it'll hit the flavor, so the tongue the same way. Not, Sorry about that. Not really at all what you're looking for, but no. it's red. Yeah, that's no, fine. Uh, so you think, well, maybe. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll work with that. Who knows? Maybe that could work for a mole. I don't know. Fingers crossed. Yeah, <laughs> depends on your next rolls, I guess. <laughs> um, okay, so you got that, and then finally up to Tifi, and Chud comes over and goes, Tifi, uh, least but definitely not last. What do you think, little buddy? Um, well, um, first of all, I'm going to uh, I swirl my hands and uh, cast a spell, which Ooh. is Spirit Guardians. Okay. Um, I'm gonna use a little bit of help. And so I cast my spirit guardians, and with that, I uh, I pick everybody in the room to not be affected by them negatively, so that no one gets three uh, d eight damage every round. <laughs> Is that what they normally do? And they get something like that. Hurt everyone? Yeah. So you uh, tell them not to do that. So instead of hurting everybody, they're gonna help me uh, prepare. They're gonna be my uh, prep chefs. Okay. Um, and I'm gonna use them as taste testers because I do not have taste buds. Oh wow! How many spirit guardians are they? Uh, are there? And what are their forms? What do they? What form are they taking? So uh, and can we see them? Yes, they're. I can pick. Um, Either Fey or like angelic spirit guardians. These are these are going to be Fey. Uh, and what creatures. is a Fey exactly? It's like a fairy. Yeah, they're like fairy type creatures. And, so you have you fairy know. sous chefs. Yes, fairy fairy sous chefs. That's cheating. <laughs> How many? How many do you have? Uh, that's a good question. You uh, can roll for it. Um, that's a good way. to Go do ahead it. and roll for it, and right. you can roll the twenty and I'll d one hundred. And maybe you have uh, you can. I'll say you have can up to up to three, depending uh, on how you roll it. I rolled a four. So you have one. <laughs> you have one fae assistant. And looks like a fairy, has wings and stuff. But he also sure. has like this uh, this shop white uh, goatee <laughs> and frosted tips. So he's Guy Fayer. Oh. Okay. Uh, Guy Fayer. That's done. amazing. You conjured up a douchebag. <laughs> this is incredible. I am so impressed. I'm go- Hold on. Wait a second, though. I got to give you an apron. And I give, uh, I give the fae guy... An apron and a funny hat to wear as well. He, he like conjures a donkey and just starts squeezing it on top of the face. <laughs> uh, everyone buckle up. We're going to Flavor Town. Oh, snap, we are. <laughs> well, that was amazing. Um, so put yourself down for one point of luck. Okay. Um, and then tell me what is your next process of cooking now that you've conjured up the assistant. So... Um, I'm go- I'm going to make a um, French bread with my some some of my dragon's egg and half an, uh, my halfling and halfling um, and my med- medieval uh, horse bread um, mm. and uh, I'll flavor it with um, my dark elf dark chocolate which is special brand mm. and um, so this is kind of a sweet dish you ain't be, going savory it's going to be yeah it's going to be a but chocolatey French bread mm. um, that sounds delicious and, um, I mean uh, yeah. Um, uh, and what was your special item? It's the medieval horse bread. Oh yeah, perfect, perfect. <laughs> so I'm, I'm making. You can use that for the French bread. Yeah. Ah, oh, I like um, it. 
And uh, you need anything from the pantry because it's been a real death trap in there. <laughs> no, I, I think I'm all set. I'm also going to uh, make make the use um, cast um, create water on these magic beans so they grow. <laughs> oh my god! Create then, water? Yes, it's a it's a cleric spell. Um, I can create uh, up to 10 gallons of water. We have water here. Oh, it's more fun to use magic. <laughs> All right. <laughs> on magic beans. So you're going to create water in a pot to boil the, boil the beans? No, I'm going to make the beans grow and use the plants of the beans uh, to, to make... Um, How are you going to grow the beans? So you're going to plant them and then let them sprout? Yes. How are you going to accelerate that process? They're magic. Okay. <laughs> okay. Give me one more roll D20 roll, and I just want to see how that uh, spell cast first off. That's uh, 17. Okay. Total success. You cast uh, Create Water. You put the beans in there, and then we're going to see what happens next as far as growing them in the next round. So, Gonk, you, when we last left you, you were raging in the pantry you had found a couple sheets of lasagna you had destroyed almost everything else in there and you oh, were returning to your station shit in here That's but you great. found the, some pasta that you're going to use and you're making a carbonara so you're back to your station i assume now and what is your next step so one third of the stage has turned into basically an episode of this old house uh, Gonk has uh, <laughs> attempted to take his double-handed cutlass and is trying to carve the legs off of this gigantic hut. <laughs> if uh, something gets in his way, such as a, like a gigantic chicken leg bone or something like that. What are you using to carve the, the legs? Literally anything he can find. He's, try, he's trying to use his weapons. Okay. Uh, so like, You're going to you know, use your axe? Do you have axes. an axe? I, I, I have like small throwing axes. <laughs> if uh, he, he even like pulls out his pistol and like shoots it. Oh my God. Um, in order to like get, this is yeah. just to get the chicken leg off. Exactly. It's, it, and, and by the way, the chicken leg is the size of like Shaquille O'Neal. No, I know. They're like it's 15 feet long. It's gigantic chicken stupid. leg and it's covered in feathers too. They're still, oh, they, they have to be plucked. And well, they don't have to be plucked. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't necessarily have to sever them completely. You could take a chunk of meat off of them probably because they're so huge. Are you telling them how to cook? I'm not. I'm just. I'm just watching him hack away at a giant chicken leg in a house. So then, what he does is he freaks out. He takes some of the sorcerer's sea salt. I think he sprinkles it onto the chicken leg to see what would happen. Okay, roll the twenty. Okay, great. Another three. <laughs> okay. Does he get sprinkle the salt on the floor? Does it get okay. As soon as you sprinkle the salt onto the leg. Uh, the leg begins to twitch and then kicks you in the chest. <laughs> As it kicks you in the chest, all of a sudden you realize that you are unable to lie and you have to tell the truth. And you just start <laughs> spouting out truthful secrets. So basically at every turn, before you can proceed with any other action, you have to tell us the truth about something. So this, I hate this show. This I don't like any of my compatriots. <laughs> this effect has caused a, a truth serum-like effect on this uh, chicken. Fantastic. I mean, this is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> All right, can I continue cooking? Or Yes, can you can continue cooking, but you still have to say something truthful before you can do any actions. Even though he's far too young to be having these feelings, Gertrude, I find you uh, attractive in an incredibly sort of like uh, tortoise way. I find, especially the way sort of like your multiple dewlaps sort of like flap against each other, and the uh, and the way that the ash and dirt accumulates around your uh, your, your your face folds. It, you look particularly tortoise. 
What a gentleman. Far too kind. Uh, that salt was powerful. All right, so you... Uh, you Man, those chicken legs got some kick. <laughs> <laughs> Give me one more d20 roll to see if you can sever that chicken oh, great. leg. Oh, uh, great. That's a 50. All right, you are able to sever the chicken leg. You uh, remove this giant, almost like car-sized chicken leg from the rest of the Baba Yaga house, at which point uh, one of the uh, Chud's assistants comes and says, Is it all right if I take this away? You don't need this no more, right? I'll just take this away now. Might want to live in it later. Yeah, don't go. Don't throw it away. Uh, I just, it's going to be outside by the dumpster. And he brings the rest of the uh, giant Baba Yaga hut out of sight, so it's not clogging up the entire uh, stage. And you are left... With a huge... I've never had a place of my own, and I always have uh, coated <laughs> uh, the boats that my captains have. Damn it. You are left with a massive, salted, truth serum-causing uh, Baba Yaga hut chicken leg. Perfect. What do you do with it? I panic. Okay, good. <laughs> All right, who's next? That's perfect. Who's next? It's me. Okay, tell me what you're doing. Uh, my first move is I'm going to take the eggs... And the half and half in the chocolate, but I'm only going to use half of the chocolate. And I'm going to whip that all up into kind of a cream base. And I'm going to put that in the oven to bake it. Okay. All right. Very good. Give me a roll. I rolled a five. <laughs> you rolled a five. What was your special item? Okay. You haven't gotten to the bacon yet. Um, what were you preparing to put in the oven? Uh, like the base of the flan. Okay, so you're you're trying to balance this base of the flan, and you just sort of accidentally dip your finger in a little bit into the flan by accident. The flan is made with a dragon's egg, and all of a sudden you start hallucinating, and you just start seeing <laughs> you start seeing weird shit, and it just looks like there's creatures in your view and uh, animals flying hither and yon, and almost anything you can imagine. Um, in fact, you can tell us. What do you see in your vision as you're trying to put the flan into the oven? Oh, God, what a time for an LSD flashback. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I see these small little birds floating around almost as if I was a cartoon character who got hit on the head and had a bump coming out and they were just going in a circle going, coo -coo, coo -coo, Oh, no, those coo -coo. birds are very real. And Kevin's like swatting at them as they fly around. <laughs> Spirit, guardian, come back here. <laughs> um, but I also see everything in... In crazy rainbow illusions, and the colors are constantly uh, changing. But I keep swearing that something is like in the corner of my eye. I keep swearing that there's someone standing there, and I keep looking, but nobody's there when I turn my head. Oh, that's creepy. Mm. All right, so you're hallucinating pretty hardcore. You're seeing trails, you're seeing birds, you're seeing people, and it's very distracting. And you're trying, <laughs> trying to cook your food now. Uh, you put the uh, flan into the oven. And then you start your next preparation. And I'm sorry, tell us did I say that. flan? This whole time I was meaning cream brulee. Oh, okay. It's <laughs> yeah, pretty similar. Yeah, it's the same thing. thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the same thing. But I was trying to have that crunchy top so I could put well, the bacon flan, on it. Oh, I like that. It might be a little trickier. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah? Flan is, sorry. No, no, no. You're good. Okay. You're good. Either way. I don't know. Uh, now we got to start over. Come on. <laughs> okay. Well, in any case, um, so you put that you put that into the oven and uh, you proceed with your next step, which is? Yes. So now I'm going to flambe the bacon with a little bit of chocolate and some sea salt and that brandy I found because I wanted to get a nice crispy, uh, like sugary glaze on top mm, of it. Sounds delicious. All right, we're gonna come back to you right after okay. that. That's your next step. Who's next, Kevin? Yeah. Tell us, what is your next move? I've got my ingredients all laid out just so they're, they're arranged in a particular way. How big is a dragon's egg, by the way? I'm just curious. A dragon's egg is- As um, big as your ego. 
It's wow. It's How does it fit in here? As big as a bagel bag. It's almost uh, twice the size of your head. Okay. It's huge. It's right. like bigger than an ostrich egg. It's gigantic. All right, I've got my ingredients laid out, uh, just so in a particular way. Um, currently, remind, remind us of the ingredients. Well, it's the ones we have: the half and half, the sea salt, the magic beans, the dragon's egg, and the dark elf chocolate. But I also have the the jar with the banshee's whale. That's right. But I'm distracted by the guy Fayeri, and I'm just kind of like <laughs> swatting at him as he flits about. I've, Did you ever reach anyone on the Rocky Talkie for the pizza? That I you couldn't ordered? get a signal. You couldn't get a signal. <laughs> no. Okay. All right. <laughs> Didn't even roll for it. Just no. like, no, couldn't do it. Okay, that, that's fine. That's totally fine. Okay, um, that's great. So you're distracted by his Faye assistant, yeah. is what you're saying? Okay, but what what is your next step in cooking? Do you? Oh, have- I'm ready for presentation. I, I have a plan. <laughs> okay, roll a d20. Is this for the presentation? No, this is for the uh, secret magical effect that one of your ingredients is going to have on you. 19. Oh, my. Okay. Oh, my. Didn't like the sound of that. <laughs> um, as you're as you're standing there, sort of looking at your food and looking at uh, the assistant, and not really preparing much, but just kind of fooling around, uh, all of a sudden a sense comes over you that you're um, you're just full of mirth and joy, and all of a sudden you just can't help yourself. You just have to start making jokes. Um, you basically before and after any action, you are compelled to tell some sort of joke or what you think might be a joke. Oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> It could be a one-liner, a dad joke, whatever it is. Can I just say, but on behalf of everybody in the podcast, it's about time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that is why you're old, and uh, you are just compelled <laughs> to constantly be firing off uh, corny jokes. All right. Okay, so uh, that's what Dave's doing. Who's next up to bat? Lothario? Lothario. All right. <clears throat> Tell me what you're doing, and then give me a roll. All right, yeah, so uh, I'm uh, going to roast the chilies. Okay. And I got the... Uh, How are you roasting them? The uh, uh, just on a on a drive very meanly like about their physical appearance. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna roast them before I dice them, and then I'm gonna throw them into the blender. That's the goal, unless the roll takes okay. me. Okay, and uh, I assume I have some space. So uh, the uh, the can of diced red chilies that's in lieu mm-hmm. of my tomatoes. Yes, that's just that's just getting some heat right now, just on low. Okay, uh, you're heating that go up. The blender, talking to puree. Um, uh, I don't have to defrost. No, it's in vinegar, the gargoyle. Right. No, gargoyle is uh, is really, uh, it probably should have been refrigerated. <laughs> yeah, ideally, uh, but the vinegar, <laughs> I mean, the vinegar, it's got the vinegar. Nothing yeah. worse than spoiled gargoyle. It's just um, preserved in oil and vinegar. Yeah. So, just, yeah, I'm going to try to uh, chop that up finely so it's very thin. <laughs> Like meat, get uh, a fine dice on your gargoyle. Well, well, like like mole meat. Have you ever had mole? Oh, okay, yeah, okay. it's very thin, like yeah. long strands. Yeah, just okay. I'm gonna I like try that. to replicate replicate that as best I can. So Beautiful. Here, here goes my uh, gamey gargoyle. I love it. It's, you know, you're working with the gaminess. It's like um, gargoyle asada. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. And uh, because I don't have any chicken broth or vegetable broth or anything to mix with the uh, mole base, yeah. uh, I'm just gonna do the half and half. Uh, Beautiful. <laughs> I'm just gonna a halfling and halfling, just, halfling and halfling. Okay. And uh, let's see. And you, okay, let's see. So you are chopping up your gargoyle and blending up your mole or your uh, your peppers. And, Is it different rolls? Because uh, I no. just let's just see the first one. All right, seven. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I got ahead of myself. <laughs> okay, this is a fun one. Um, as 
as you are, so you put the peppers into the blender and um, they seem to be blending along just fine. As you start to prepare your gargoyle, you, uh, you touch it and you're holding it in your hand, you start to chop it up. You realize that your feet are lifting off the ground. You're starting uh. to uh, float in your spot. All of a sudden your feet are like above your head and you're upside down because you're still kind of like holding onto the table and trying to chop this gargoyle. Okay, so You've basically lost gravity okay. and you are floating up towards the ceiling, but your one hand is holding you uh, to your cooking station. Nice. So you are, you're floating. Can I, can I like fashion like some strap out of my belt or something, something to keep me You can absolutely grounded? try, yes. Is that, is that this turn that or is, the next turn? Roll it and we'll All see All right, what well happens. I rolled a two, so okay. I lose my belt to grab So you pull your belt <laughs> off and um, your pants immediately float up to the ceiling um, because gravity's op- reversed, so uh, you ah. lose your pants. So now you're upside down floating, chopping a gargoyle with in one my hand. Underwear. In uh, Are you wearing underwear? Well, no, no. So I, I would be in my underwear because okay. Lothario would wear underwear, silk or something. Okay. Um, but his boots are still on. So his pants <laughs> oh, are like so floating his... above his still on boots. So his pants are kind of trapped on his yeah, boots. Yeah, like then. a flag. I look like a flag. Okay. Like a... <laughs> so you still have the pants, but they're sort of on, around your yeah, you know, when You know when you're like... You know, in a hurry to get busy, and you kind of just yeah. yeah. It's one of those. Give me a roll for the audience's reaction to this. Twelve. Okay, it's a mixed reaction. Mixed, yeah. Um, well, but it's on, into, well, well, it's still buttoned. It's thankfully. on the high end, though. Yeah. So oh, there's like a few like older people that are like, oh my goodness, that are you know, uh, <laughs> I don't sort care of, for it. They're shocked. They're, they're clutching like, the pearls. What is it? And then uh, there's a lot of other people that are cheering and laughing and really enjoying it. So it's a it's a mixed bag, but in general, uh, you feel like the entertainment value nice. of this so is pretty perfect. High. Turned into like a windsock. Yeah. yeah, Lothario looks like a windsock. And you know what? This doesn't bother me because I'm focused. I came here to cook. Yeah, you know, that's and, all I'm doing. And you managed to still hold on, so you're still yeah. chopping as of right now. Mm-hmm. So that's where you are, and uh, we'll leave you there and head over to Tifi. And Tifi, tell us what you're doing on your uh, second round here, preps. So I was making the French bread, um, or French toast. I keep playing French bread. I was making the French toast. Um, and uh, I was uh, growing the magic beans. Yes. To, I was trying to get some uh, greenage, green, green, you know, right. material out of that. Gotcha. So you were trying to get some roughage, something, yeah, some roughage. something green on the plate. Okay, yeah. so let's let's roll and see what happens with those uh, with those beans in this second round. Ooh, 19. Oh, that's a 13. I'm going to use my inspiration. Nine beans. So you rolled a 13, is what you said first? Yeah, I'm going to keep that 13. Oh, really? Okay. Over the seven. Over the seven? Yeah. Okay. Well, seven you couldn't do because uh, he already rolled the seven. So you'd have to do it again anyway. 20. You roll a 20, and all of a sudden... Gordon Ramsay appears. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. Uh, it's wrong. Gordon Ramsay appears as a sous chef. He immediately starts berating you. Um, he starts calling you a donkey. And the first thing that he does is he somehow has two pieces of white bread in his hands. And he slaps them against both of your cheeks, one on either side of your cheeks, and starts screaming into your face, What are you? What are you? I'm a Warforged. No, you're an idiot sandwich. That's what you are. Uh, Can Guy Fayeri start fighting with Gordon Ramsay? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> like a Final Fantasy. Absolutely. <laughs> you now have Seven. two. You have two fighting sous chefs. Um, so your your basically your Fay is going to defend you. Uh, he from Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> okay. So if, if you would like to make a roll, uh, this is a combat roll between your two sous chefs. <laughs> <laughs> You're a donkey is what you are, a donkey. Uh, two. 
Oh. <laughs> so um, tell me, how does the Fae try to attack uh, Gordon Ramsay? He grabs a pan and tries to uh, smash Gordon Ramsay in the face. Okay. Unfortunately, the pan that he grabs is the one that has your water and beans in it. And he does hit Gordon Ramsay in the head with it, and then the beans fly out of the pan and across the room. And you're not sure where they went, and the water splatters all over Gordon Ramsay. So you're at the point of like, oh shit, where do my beans go? I gotta find them and try to regrow them, I guess. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> so give me a roll to see if you can locate your beans. Guess you could say someone spilled the beans. There it is! <laughs> the crickets cheer. I'm rolling for crickets. Hold on. 12. You rolled a 12? Okay, yeah. so that's a mixed success. So you find um, like half of the beans that have been thrown. So it's you still were able to gather up some of the beans. Half of those beans that you found were crushed in the impact. So you're left with basically like a quarter of the beans you started with. And uh, you can probably just fill up your pot with more water or I guess waste a slot and cast more, create water, whatever you want to do. <laughs> but you basically put them back in and try to start the sprouting process over again. Um, and Gordon Ramsay goes right back to berating you. He's... He's in your face. I mean, he's all over you. He's just calling you all kinds of British names, spotted dick and stuff like that. Spotted. And he's just, he's just all over British you. Names. Michelin star level insults are coming at you. From your Gordon name Ray. is Meredith Bobbington. Good thing I have the ability to turn off my emotions. <laughs> That's good. Do you do that? <laughs> I definitely turn okay. off my emotions. <laughs> all right. You're now Boys immune. Jumped. You're basically immune to his uh, to quips. Immune to Gordon um, Ramsay. But we're, that's basically the round for you. Who is we'll Gordon Ramsay going to rage? We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Gordon Ramsay. Does Gordon he ever Ramsay. not? He's still there, and he's still berating, and he's still in combat, basically, with your other sous chef, the Fay, who is currently unable to really assist you because he's battling Gordon Ramsay. But that's where we are. You're back to sprouting the beans. We're going to move to our third round. It's going to be four rounds total of this. So third round is back to the top. We're going to go back to Gonk. Gonk, tell us uh, where, where were we in the story with Gonk? Okay, so Gonk looks up at Lothario and without being able to control himself, Lothario, I think you're an amazing human being. Uh, uh, as far as all the human beings I've ever met anyway, you're pretty, you're, you're pretty respectable. Uh, I do happen to know that I am losing respect for you for getting high on Chud's show. Lothario <laughs> <laughs> blushes. I think Gertrude's high too, by the way. She's hallucinating. I'm tripping balls. Tripping balls. I've already said my piece about Gertrude. I'm gonna have to live with it from now on. He said one truth at a time. So, uh, Gonk, what are you, what are you working on there? So I you haven't got completely that. forgiven you, Quevin. <laughs> Quevin. Quevin. <laughs> Quevin. That's, that's the best pronunciation. <laughs> so you have your Baba Yaga leg out on your prep table. Tifi, I love you like a brother. <laughs> <laughs> it's well salted with truth serum. Clearly, what is your next step? So it is well salted, it is well seasoned. The little flame underneath the, pan, the tiny little pan that one of these chicken legs is uh, slowly sauteing on is completely not up to the task. <laughs> you mean you have a tiny pan with a giant chicken leg on it? Uh, he's slowly freaking out. And okay. Chud is coming around, by the way, going, y'all only got about 10 more minutes. <laughs> 10 more minutes, wrap it up, y'all. Y'all playing into my hands. <laughs> So you're sauteing the chicken in the ch tiny the pan. So what he does is he takes the dark elf dark chocolate and he is breaking, he's crushing it in his hands without realizing suddenly 
that it's dark elf dark chocolate, and there's probably a one in five chance that it's poison or you know some sort of assassination tool, <laughs> yeah. uh, which is just something that happens when you play with dark elf shit. Right. And he starts smearing it on top of the chicken leg uh, in the hope that you know it's going to like soften it so that he can start going at it with his giant cleaver mm. and chopping it up. And he, you're smothering the chicken in chocolate. Is that's what you're doing? It. Uh, okay. Well, he's got the halfling and halfling uh, bubbling on the other side. He's trying okay. to make a half-ass bechamel sauce. Okay, cool. And now he's he's trying to go for like some sort of gargantuan lasagna. Oh, um, interesting. Like chicken lasagna. Okay, a chicken um, lasagna. Yeah. So his recipe has changed a little from carbonara to to chicken lasagna. You know, Gon can think on his feet. He's he's like where you know if you get anywhere but on with Gonk between like a nine and eleven, mm-hmm. he's gonna cry. So he's currently at like a seven, I think. Okay. And Chud's over his shoulder going, wow, Gong, that's a crazy chocolate chicken you got going. Looks real interesting. I, I tell feel you. a kinship with you that I can't entirely put into words, but I'm freaking out right now because my chicken is way too big for this goddamn show. I'll tell you, your candor is refreshing. I appreciate the truthfulness. Now, I'm still going to drink anything that's coming from nobody. Well, that's your loss, but I tell you what, it's time to roll a 20. Eldeth, preserve me. That's the name of my god, by the way, the god of ponds and rivers. It's an entirely canon god, <laughs> goddess, anyway, and I, re- and I rolled an 11. Okay, you rolled an 11. I don't know why I'm shouting. That's I'm just really excited to be here. That's all right. Well, 11 is a mixed success, so you are able, uh, you're able to cook this chicken. In the chocolate uh, marinade, it doesn't look pretty. In oh, fact, oh, should have thought about poisoning the chicken before I threw it on the flame. <laughs> yeah, it looks uh, the opposite of pretty. Absolutely uh, disgusting, and w- like you say, way too big for the pan. So really, only the middle portion is getting cooked, and uh, part of the chicken on the sides is is pretty raw. Still. He knocks himself in the head like for a fool. He cr- grabs the dragon's egg and cracks it over it. It fortunately was a red dragon's egg. Okay. So it cooks the rest of the chicken <laughs> with just the 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 magical heat. Just the internal heat, the, the, the internal heat of the let's egg. Let's let's get a roll for that. Oh for God's mm-hmm. sake! <laughs> it's creative though. I'll give you a luck point. Eighteen. Ooh, okay. Well, you don't even need the luck point. You're right. You crack the egg open, and the molten uh, yolk comes out and sizzles on top of the chocolate and the chicken, and and your dish seems to uh, be coming together. I mean, it looks absolutely repugnant, um, but you're hoping that you can pull off something edible in the end of this. He starts dicing. All right. Uh, That's where Gonk is going into the final round, which is going to be presenting it to the judges, your your final dish. I wish I could sweat. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, uh, next up to bat, we have Gertrude, second in the order. Okay. What are you up to? I am getting ready to flambe. This is a very dangerous thing to do in the kitchen, just especially, so everybody uh, knows. Especially when you're hallucinating very badly. Oh, God, yes. And you have yeah. a terrible idea. left hand. Yes. Everybody back away. I am pouring the brandy into the pan. I do not fear death. <laughs> and okay. then I am going to ignite it with my fire finger. Okay, this could be uh, difficult. Um, you are going to be uh, rolling with a little bit of a penalty. Do you still have an advantage? You still I have, have a, one. You have one point of inspiration. inspiration point. All right, so you're gonna roll, and it's you're gonna have a, a minus two to your roll because of the penalty for uh, tripping balls. <laughs> and if you want to use your advantage on this, you let me know after. Okay, you, after and I'm rolling a twenty. Mm-hmm. I rolled a fifteen. So you got a thirteen. 13. And the 13 happens to be... I mixed. 
Um, yeah, it's a, a mixed success. It's uh, on the higher end. Do you want to keep that roll or you want to use your advantage? No, I'll keep it. Okay. All right. So you are flambeing. Um, you you're flambeing the uh, creme brulee. The, I'm the or the bacon. bacon. The okay, bacon. you're from okay. So you flambe the bacon, and it looks pretty good. I mean, you get it, you get it cooked pretty nicely, and then right at the end, while you're flambeing it, you somehow uh, manage to ignite part of the jelly hand on fire. Which you're surprised because the jelly hand has the ability to light on fire like itself. So you're like, wait, why is this flammable? You don't know if it's something with the magical interactions. Is it on fire or is but- it melting? It's it's part like the thumb is on fire okay. and then underneath the thumb it's melting and it looks super duper gross. Okay, um, super duper gross. So you sort of start so to barely try to put any it worse out. than it normally. Is. Yeah, <laughs> it's sort of sliding off and you're like, shaking you know, it. shaking it and trying to put it out. So uh, my splattering jelly around the the kitchen as I'm shaking it to like hot 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 hot. I hot. think you are splattering hot jelly everywhere, and uh, it's. And yeah. some over here, it literally could not make things any worse. <laughs> and, I'm trying my best, Gong. I'm trying. Ooh, hot hot hot. You're pretty close to um, to uh, Kevin, and he's he's definitely getting some of the splatter. Of hey, Kevin, the, you of want some jelly. of my hot jelly? He's getting jellied. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so are you ready for the jelly? Uh, yeah, I don't think you're ready for this jelly. Roll a twenty to. Hey, well, I have know. to make jokes all the time, right? Then. Yeah, Gertrude, it's the only way you can get anyone wet. <laughs> <laughs> roll for crowd reaction to that, and you roll for to see if you can get your hand to stop fi- uh, being on fire. Oh, I rolled a seventeen. Okay, your hand is out. How did you put it out? I ran over to Gonk's table and I dunked it, I'm sorry, not Gonk, into Kevin's, and I dunked my hand into whatever he was cooking. What were you cooking, Kevin? I don't have anything mixed He's together. He's not cooking so, anything. I mean, if you got the milk. So it was in the milk. <laughs> I put the, it the in halfling and halfling. the halfling milk. You dunk it directly into his half and, halfling and halfling uh, milk. Okay, great. Uh, I think that's your turn. <laughs> Kevin, this is your third out of four. What are you doing? Well, I, I had a plan, but now I'm not so sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, she ruined your halfling and halfling? You know, I bet there's a lot more of that in the, in the, in the uh, pantry. That's mostly what's in there. I wish I was more like Teefy, points to Teefy's bread. He's really on a roll. Oh, oh, oh these are good jokes. <laughs> oh, this is wholesome. This is wholesome. <laughs> roll for crowd reaction. <laughs> Five. Oh, the, the crowd is rowdily booing. Rowdily. You know? Rowdily booing. Someone has made a sign that's like, F Kevin's jokes. And like, they're really getting into So he points at Gonk. At least I'm not using fake noodles. He's an imposter. Mm. Roll for crowd reaction. Three. Oh, my God. The sign the is changing. It makes jokes good again. Openly hostile. The crowd is up in arms. They're like People trying to leave their leaving. seats. People are rushing the stage to attack you now. The Sons of Anarchy Security is hard-pressed to hold back some of these people. Oh, God. And in fact, they've enlisted. It's like, it's some like, of the Waka Jabbas have to actually help hold people back, too, in their usher it's position. It's into a Jerry Springer type yeah. crowd. Yeah. And, Quaven, even, Quaven. and even Gertrude is like begging you, please stop telling bad jokes. This is my thing. Yeah. You know shit. Get out of your get out of my lane. Do you attempt any cooking this round? Gonk is openly crying. <laughs> the crickets are putting on bibs. I'm done. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, Lothario, you are up next. Tell me, what are you doing? Panic is starting to set in. I realize that I may never come back down to Earth. <laughs> like that one minute. <laughs> but I've, I'm going accustomed to life on the upside down. <laughs> I'm getting used to it here. So you're still floating. Y'all look so small. Y'all look so small. So I'm still floating. Um, are you still holding on? But I'm still holding on. I managed uh, to cook. Uh, I actually had the, some beans in the pot. Just, I'm not doing anything crazy with the magic. Whatever flavor comes out, I'll deal with. You know? But that's going to be, uh, it's going to help thicken up the mole base. Okay. Uh, the meat's looking good. I am picking up pebbles here and there. Uh, From a the gargoyle? Does, it does seem like there's some stone chunks that uh, that remain with between the gristle, which is fine. It's fine. So now I'm going to get to that egg. Okay. Um, I'm going to get to that egg because I want the, the mullet to sit on top of the egg. This okay. is going to be a breakfast. So tell me, how do you prepare dish. the egg? I'm just going to get a giant wok and, <laughs> and crack the egg into uh, the wok. A wok a jab? Okay. A, 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 a wok a jab. Mm-hmm. Roll for audience reaction. <laughs> Tears rolling down his cheeks. Gonk points. To 20. Oh. <laughs> I really won him over on we that just, one. We just found out what their button is. <laughs> they love that one. I guess it's because the Waka Jabbas are actually holding back a lot of the audience mm-hmm. that when you roast the, a joke with the Waka Jabbas in it, the crowd's like, yeah, yeah fuck you guys. <laughs> and they like it, and they sit back down in their seats, and they're like, this guy's all right, and they order another cocktail. This guy gets us. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I'm just going to throw in a little bit of that salt. Okay, Lothario's throwing in some salt and trying to crack open the dragon egg. What is your d20 roll on that attempt? Uh, It is... Gunk those finger guns over at Kevin while sobbing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It is a seven. A seven. A seven. My heart's in the right place. Okay, that's actually a mixed success. It's on the bottom uh, of the the mixed success, but it's a mixed success. So you crack open the egg and you start to pour... uh, Are you pouring the yolk into the pan or what are you doing? Into the wok. Into the wall. Because I figure it's a lot of egg. It's a lot of... Okay. Yeah, right? It's, it's, a, it's, it's a, a lot fuck, of... It's a fuckload it's a, of egg. It's a lot of egg. And um, you're pouring it out uh, of, of this giant stone kind of casing. Mm-hmm. And uh, something kind of horrific happens. Oh, no. Uh, what looks like no. the, the, the clawed foot of a dragon falls out into your pan and really startles the crap out of you. Uh, and then... Oh, you have dragon egg uh, Do I let go and float away? <laughs> well, what you do is you... You're <laughs> no! Uh, but you do become startled and you, like, have to pick this weird... Ugh, gross. ...foot out of your... I toss it at Gertrude. <laughs> okay, roll the 20. Five. Okay, you miss Gertrude, <laughs> uh, but you do hit Gordon Ramsay. And, uh, Gordon Ramsay's like, "You're a donkey!" And then he gets hit with a, a dragon claw, and it, it's embedded in his uh, the side of his face. Okay, so uh, is that your turn? Are you? Uh, well, uh, do I get one more before the presentation? You can, yeah, you could try one more uh, thing here. I should just blend it all and pour the mola sauce over the egg. I guess that's after it's done cooking. Okay, perfect. Right, then it's ready to present. That's what you're going to be doing co- starting. The, the very next round. Oh, the next one. Okay. Do that. So we'll roll for that on the next one and the final presentation. Tifi, round number three. I, I remember uh, something that I know about Gordon Ramsay, so I, I duck down um, and cast Disguise Self to make myself into a child. <laughs> oh, he loves children. Oh, he is so much nicer to children. You're right. And I pop back up, and uh, with that, I think he's very nice to me now. 
Let's... At which point I turned my emotions back on <laughs> for, so, to feel the encouragement. Uh, that was really, really clever. <laughs> and I, I'm going to give you a point of inspiration for that. But you still have to roll. So give me our D20 roll to see uh, if he buys that. Okay. I'll use that You're gonna inspiration keep... now. Okay. Oh, no, I'll keep that 10 over this. All right. <laughs> All right. So you use the point of inspiration, but you're going to keep the 10, which is a, a mixed success right in the middle of the road. So... Yeah, you turn into a child, and Gordon Ramsay immediately changes his tune. He starts being nice to you, and it is at that moment that he gets hit in the face with a dragon foot and starts just screaming at the top of his lungs. And then your fae, um, sous chef, uses that opportunity to attack him further, and they're rolling on the ground, and as they do so, they, they roll right into you and knock you down, and you guys are all in like a big uh, Andy Cap tumbleweed. Andy Cap, what a solid reference. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're rolling around, just wrestling and fighting, basically with these two sous chefs. What I love how my only good role was to get Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> <laughs> so this whole time, and the only thing I did to, good he's hurt to help me. you, but oh well. Um, okay, so uh, what is your next move? I'm assuming you're trying to get out of your locked into their to, to wrestling with these guys and get back to finishing cooking. Yeah, well, I already got the French toast on lock. I had a good good roll for that, so I'm, I'm just trying to get my eggs. The beans to sprout, too, My right? sprouted beans. Let's do a roll for that okay. on this round and see if the beans sprout. 11. Okay, uh, 11 is middle of the road. Basically, the uh, the beans do start to sprout. Uh, you can see some tiny tendrils coming out of these beans and growing out of the water. There's like what looks like a pixie dust effect in the air around it of a magic essence glowing as this green leafy protuberance comes out of the beans. At that moment, you sense another magical effect is emanating from these beans. And I want you to roll a 20-sided die to tell me what that is. Eight. Okay. Your food runs away. Um, <laughs> um, your, your beans not only sprout tendrils of, of sort of leaves, but they sprout leafy feet. And then they hop out of the bucket of water and start running across your cooking station and trying to escape from you. And they are, are literally trying to run and jump into the audience and get away. That sounds so cute. Mm -hmm. So you do have greens, but they're getting away. So we're going to have to address that on the very next and final round. Okay. Uh, if you can hopefully catch your food and put it back on the plate. All right. Who is... Uh, <laughs> Who's next? Are we Start back to the, the top of the order? Yeah, top of the order. Okay, Caleb, this is the really uh, crucial one. You have to finish your dish and present it to the judge, Mr. Chud Bingsley, and explain uh, the entire process of doing so. Okay, so dicing the last of his beans and having layered his giant chicken lasagna <laughs> and pulled it, uh, uh, put it into the oven for... I don't know what five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. And then uh, he pulls it, pulls out this uh, smoldering wreckage uh, <laughs> in a uh, giant casserole pan, or the biggest one he could find. It probably looks something it, something akin to like a tower shield out of the, out of the uh, oven. Uh, attempts to carve out a cube, place it onto a small plate, and uh, garnish it with a little uh, parsley. Beautiful. So you bring that up to the judge, Chud? Yeah, he, he's, right. he carries it like a student who's handing in late homework to Chud and places it uh, in front of him for judgment. Okay, look at this, Gonk. Now please tell me, what is this big steaming pile you got here? He puts his arms behind his uh, shell. And says, 
Well, uh, first of all, it is a chicken lasagna with uh, cooked by a dragon's egg. Uh, it's, so it's a, I guess it's a, sort of like a, a chicken tempura lasagna with a dark elf chocolate uh, and uh, oh, and he's like with a flourish, he like scatters something uh, on top of it with raisin. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, how does it look? It looks okay. No joke. It looks like a brick. A brick. Yeah, just like a brick. Just, just looks like a, like a brick. Just like a b- big brown brick. It <laughs> might be steaming. It might be smoldering. It looks homogenous all the way through. Basically, if you carved a slab out of a giant turd uh, <laughs> and put it onto a plate with a little garnish. Um, yeah, I know, right? Okay, please. Slab um, a turd. You, you might, see, you think you see, like, it's basically, and it smells a little Toblerone, um, which makes it all the more suspect. So this is a chicken... Chocolate chicken lasagna it's a chocolate brick. chicken lasagna, very well seasoned. Okay. And uh, uh, Chud goes to taste it. And he uh, uh, puts his fork into this big steaming brick and uh, puts it in his mouth and starts to chew. And uh, he covers his face. At that point, you roll the 20. Uh, 14. 14. Okay, that is a success. <clears throat> so for taste, it actually tastes fantastic. Chud is completely surprised. He can't believe it. He gives you three points for taste. He's like, this is the best chocolate chicken lasagna brick I have ever had. Well done, Gonk. I have to say your presentation leaves something to be desired, but I'll tell you what. Roll for that and we'll see. Uh, 16. 16. Because of the sort of horrendous appearance of this uh, brick, uh, I'm going to penalize you a little bit. So, uh, since it tastes delicious, uh, I think that... That is completely failed. That is good, but uh, I give you a two on presentation because it's just so uh, hideous, but uh, he will also give you a two on creativity because he's never seen a chocolate brick of lasagna chicken before. So I call it blurst uh, lasagna. Not not bad, really. Uh, basically, you've got a total of, uh, looks like seven points right now. So uh, that's where you're at. What's in, the scale? In the running. Out of 20. Uh, out of, basically, you, pretty good. You've got point scale. Seven, seven out of nine. And out nine, nine. Nine is okay. sort of the best you could do. So Gonk did very, very well with a uh, sort of brick of shit. Um, <laughs> C's get degrees, y'all. Not bad at all. Okay, next up, Gertie Gert. Gertie Gertz. Gertie Gertz. I did not deserve this. He turns. He takes his plate and wanders off. Okay, so I am wrapping up my flambe. So I'm pulling out my cream brulee from the oven now. I'm gonna top it with my. I'm sorry. Before I top it with my bacon, that's one bite. I need to blowtorch the top of it <laughs> to get that hot, nice crunch that we all want, okay. which I'm going to guess is you telling me I need Let's roll. roll for that. I imagine she's lighting her cigarette with the torch before she... <laughs> yeah, with her finger. <laughs> I have the perfect tool for this. Okay. I roll an 11. Okay. Do you have advantage or anything like that? I will like use that? my one point of inspiration I have. I mean, because it is a mixed success, actually. If you didn't, if you want to oh, okay. save it, you I'll might want to save it. Okay, so 11 is, is a mixed success. So uh, you flambe it very nicely. 
and also light your hand on fire again. <laughs> um, now it is a raging, flaming fire that's creeping up your arm. You're literally looking around trying to put it out again. That's a success, huh? <laughs> well, she did get the, the actual food prepared, so now you go I'm up. I'm just going to lose an arm um, in the process. She brings the food up to presentation to the judge and sets it down, and then it's like, ah, and just is trying to uh, put out your arm while you I am going to stop, it. drop, and roll. Gertrude, this looks good. This looks hot like fire. Now tell me, what is this? This is my chocolate dragon egg cream brulee with a flambéed salted uh, bacon on top. Hmm. Well, I think it looks delicious. I'm gonna actually give you a, a point of luck on this one. So uh, give me a give me a taste of that. And I take a fork and I take a big old hunk of this thing and give it a taste. Give me a roll for twenty on that. And see what the taste. Twenty. Is. Get Ooh. out. What? <laughs> Do you want to use your point of no? Okay. No. <laughs> All right. Wow, that is the most delicious creme brulee basilisk bacon heaven looking weird thing I ever tasted. Absolutely delicious. Uh, I give you full points. That's three. Uh, three points in taste. Now let's uh, let's give you another roll and see where you're at for your presentation. And uh, an eight. An eight. Okay. Do you want to use your inspiration on that one? Yes. All right, roll again. A 12. Okay, you got a 12. That's a mixed success. I'll give you a two. So uh, the presentation looks pretty good. And in fact, I would have given you full marks, except you're on fire. <laughs> <laughs> so if you could just you're try to fire. put yourself out. Medic, medic. Real good. No, you're literally I'm busy. On fire. Uh, but I do think that you get high marks on creativity. Um, I give you a point of luck. Just give me one more roll here, and I just want to see sort of where we're at. Nine. Nine, so I'm gonna give you a ten, so I'll give you two points there. All right, so it looks like we got a tie so far. Both of y'all have seven points. Uh, let's see who's next. Lothario, uh, is, is, oh, I'm sorry. Kevin, what you got going? I just want to tell you, I actually was gonna try to make something. <laughs> I was going to uh, delicately remove the top part of the egg, uh -huh. uh, drain the yolk. You're going to do this then, now in the fourth no, no, round? No. Oh, no. No, this is what I was going to do. Okay. Uh, I was going to just so the yolk is inside the eggshell. I was going to pour in the milk, melt the chocolate in there, make like a Cadbury cream egg. Oh, that's great. But with all the chaos going on, and you know how much I, I have an affinity for that, uh -huh. and having to tell bad jokes, I feel like that kind of <laughs> played into a different idea. So here's what Kevin does. <laughs> um, he salts the magic beans. Yes. Eats them, washes them down with a half and half. <laughs> and then he says to the audience, knock, knock. Who's there? Woo. Woo, who? And as they yell that, he Gallagher's the egg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. This giant, like. All right, roll for 20. I roll the 20. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he rolls a full 20. You smash the egg. The eggshell breaks open, but out of the egg bursts a fully live dragon that raises up into the air and blasts fire right through the ceiling and then escapes through the, the studio ceiling. And the crowd goes insane. The crowd is like, whoa, they are losing their shit. Um, Chud is also standing there. We're just need more shit. Just, Chud is like, Wow, that is unbelievable. Right off the bat, I'm giving you a three on presentation. <laughs> now, if I could just taste your dish. Now, now I'm going to present the dish. The dish is I'm taking the chocolate that I didn't use. I'm opening the banshee whale on it and just hoping for the best. <laughs> <laughs> just screaming on it. <laughs> 
You roll a 20. I rolled a 20. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so you open the Banshee Whale, and as soon as you do, uh, the scream comes out, and the chocolate just sort of transforms itself into what looks like a phoenix. A phoenix of chocolate raises up and starts to freak out, and then it flies through the ceiling and the roof, and everybody loses their mind. But then Chud says, well, that was amazing, but you know, I didn't get to taste a single thing of your food. That's a damn shame. I'm gonna tell you this though, I give you full marks for creativity and presentation and uh, nothing for the food. Uh, so you're you're left with a six, which is real good for somebody that presented nothing. <laughs> You rolled two twenties. <laughs> okay, well, that was excellent. That's Monk the is best. Himself, he's like, damn, I should have just Gallagher. <laughs> Gallagher. Okay, Lothario, I believe you are up. Uh, so uh, as uh, that was. The oh, and you know what? Forgot about Mal this whole show. So oh, all right, never mind. Mal just when the, uh, when the sofa like <laughs> went exited stage yeah. left, and she went with it. Oh, she did, yeah, and she, she frogged out. I was like, dang, I forgot about no, Mal. If you, if you play back the tape, you'll you'll see. Okay, she, she hasn't said a word this entire. <laughs> so she didn't mention, and I just didn't realize it. So she's backstage, and then she wins. She's hanging out drinking. <laughs> okay, she comes back out with like this delectable dessert, fucking Zumbo's best desserts. What whatever. you got, Lothario? Uh, I'm trying to play cool and ignore the fact that I'm flo- floating away because maybe if I ignore. Chud won't notice. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as he walks up, I act like, "Oh, I, oh, hi! I didn't, I didn't see you there." And I'm just drizzling some of the mole chocolate from the blender and the chili right over the eggs. The gargoyle. So you float up to the ta- like the yeah. I'm floating. Table. I'm floating the entire time. Like the, the, I'm cool with the lighting guy, and he's actually been I'm uh, cool with the lighting guy. <laughs> he's been uh, he's been running some cables for me, so I'm not gonna float away just yet. Respect your unions. I want you to. Uh, it would be great if you like pretend like he's the one on the ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, that'd be great. That'd be great. So you're. You, what are you presenting? I said, what you got uh, this there? This is a. Uh, this is a gargoyle mole a la Ronda. I learned it from my travels with this chick named Ronda. I don't know. A la polka. Well, it looks amazing, and I'm going to say that right off the bat, the presentation's incredible. I mean, you're floating up here. I, I've never yeah. seen anything like that. So, uh, uh, me, well, you know. I'm going to give you an advantage roll on uh, presentation just because of that flotation. Awesome. So give me a roll on that. I really hope you like it. I've never worked with gargoyle before, so I know it can be tricky. All right, and I give, but, it, a, uh, I give it a taste. I got a 17. A okay. <laughs> so 17 is a full success. I give you a three in presentation from your fantastic uh, floating uh, presentation. But I dig my fork in, and I go to take a taste of this mole, and give me a roll on that. Eight. An eight. <laughs> Which is perfect, because you're eating. Do you still have advantage or no? Do you have another? Do you have a point of inspiration? I, I use all, I use my inspiration point unless I get one from the floating thing. I gave you one for that, but you didn't use it. Do oh, you want to use it? Yeah, I'll use that. I'll use okay. that. Seventeen. All right. Well, that's a full success. So Woo! that's three points. So uh, Chud loves it. He's like, "This is the best mole." You know what I think is maybe the tastiest part? It's almost like you substituted red peppers for tomatoes. <gasps> Whoever thought of that was a damn genius. That was me. No, I love this dish, and I, I really enjoyed it. Now, creativity-wise, I, I think using the chocolate and the mole was pretty good. Give me a roll. One more roll on D twenty. Five. 
Well, that's not so good. <laughs> uh, but I give you a one on creativity. You are left with a seven. You're tied with these other these other two. So you're Fantastic. still doing better than the man who cooked nothing. Fantastic. But just barely. Just barely. <laughs> you know what? It just feels good to be here, guys. All right. Tiffy, you are up. Gunk is like, scoreboard. Let's see if Tiffy can catch his bean. All right. I cast magic missile on the beans. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Luckily, I don't have to roll for that. It automatically hits. How many missiles are you casting? I'm casting three? it at level four, so that'll be uh, one, two, three, four, five, six missiles. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> I'm not messing around with this thing living um, through this. You blast the living shit out of these beans. It's, it's basically like two or three beans that are, have sprouted feet and sprouted uh, sort and of freaking limbs. Torpedoes and he yeah. the blasts studio. them with like a shotgun blast from across the room. So there's... There's like little particles of magic beans all over the audience's faces. And, I, I just uh, wanted a little, little seasoning of yeah, this. There's so a little flittering of the green left in the air, and you and you grab it with your hand as you see it. You just <laughs> blast the beans into oblivion, and then you, you retrieve basically like a four-leaf clover amount of greens. Perfect. That's all I needed. <laughs> <laughs> and now you present your dish. What does it look like? So I I make a little like an origami little cup out of the the foil from the chocolate and put like the just a little bit of egg with that little sprinkling of bean stuff and sorcerer's salt and then I have and that's like sitting on top of the French toast with a little extra drizzle of chocolate. Mm, this looks just absolutely delectable. I can't wait to eat it. I just need one thing to accompany it. And then he uh, pulls out a carton of his own milk. And <laughs> he pours a tall, cold, frosted glass and takes a fork and digs it in. Give me a give me a roll for taste first. I'm going to taste it. Five. Oh, five. This tastes like dog shit. Do you have an inspiration? You're sure that's not the milk? <laughs> you still I, have a point of inspiration? I think I have one luck point. Okay. Let's see. Uh, oh, good. I rolled even lower. Okay. <laughs> Boy, this looks amazing, but I don't know. Something in the taste. It might have well, been a bad egg. I don't have taste buds, so I'm just guessing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did do a great job with the presentation. I mean, it just looks absolutely beautiful. Uh, so I'm going to give you full marks for that. But give me one more roll, and let me see what your creativity is like. Four. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, Tiffy, I hate to tell you, but somehow you've actually done worse than someone who didn't cook any damn food. I'm not sure how this occurred, because it really looked like you had the most beautiful dish. And To be fair, I did make something. It simply escaped before you could try it. <laughs> His food flew out the ceiling, and I'd still rather eat that. But I, just, I just rolled 10 more times, and my highest roll was an 11, and everything else was a 3 or 4 or a 5. It was um, meant to be. So, <laughs> If anybody wants to roll for uh, Mal. She rolled a 19, an 18, and a 15. That's bull. Oh, on. it's Mal Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Mal got threes across yeah, the board. She, she comes walking back from backstage, and Mal is like, who ordered pizza? Well, that was me, actually. I, I'm going to try this. And he opens it up. Oh, wow. this looks real good and tasty. Wow. Oh, there's red peppers on it, too. All right, let me. <laughs> I, he takes a bite of it. Oh, that tastes delicious. And the presentation's fantastic. And, and the creativity to go out and buy. Full marks, Mal. Nine points. Looks like you're the grand prize winner today. I am amazed and astounded. But that's just how it goes. It looks like the final tally of points is as follows. Our uh, our good buddy, Tiffy, who we love, ended up with a five. And, uh, and 
Kevin right behind him came in with a six. Then we got a tie three-way for Gertrude Gonk and Lothario with seven. And in the lead with a commanding nine points, we have our grand prize winner, and that is Old Mal. So I wanted to tell you guys our top scores, are, that's our grand champion, and they're going to be taking home this. Chud snaps his fingers and a massive trophy in the shape of a giant fork appears, engraved with the winner's name on a plaque that seems to sparkle with an inner light. Our grand prize winner tonight with nine points is Malice and Kill. They will also receive the Chewing the Cud with Chud home game. Take it home, cook with your kids, it's a blast. Now we do have some prizes for all of you playing along. First of all, Gonk, I want to thank you for coming on the show. I got you some booby prizes, all of y'all. This here is a custom t-shirt for you, Gonk. It fits over your spiky shell, and it has a matching coffee mug that says, The Tortle Package. The mug has an interesting way of never being fully empty of cheer wine. Seemingly, there's always one big gulp left, and the glass is always half full. I will wear it till it disintegrates. I hope so. Lothario, I give you this. It's the puppy of instant charisma. It's a dog. Yeah, it's an actual puppy. A little velvety soft gray Weimaraner with big blue eyes that makes you irresistible as a magnet to all who adore puppies, which is honestly everybody. But this is no ordinary puppy, Lothario. He's from a magical race that can grow on command. Just yell the words, up, pup. And this little cutie pie becomes the size of Battle Cat on He-Man. Well, that's the same thing he yells to himself. Never mind. <laughs> Malison, as you're the grand prize winner, you got a special prize. I got you an all-expenses-paid date night. Uh, a Pegasus-drawn chariot will bring you in the date of your choosing, perhaps uh, that uh, that uh, Patrick Warburton fella. And they're going to take you to the Citadel's finest restaurant, Oyve Oysters. It's a kosher seafood place that don't serve oysters or shellfish, but it's real good anyway. Afterwards, you get front row seats to the gnomish musical Hamel Gnome, plus a lifetime supply uh, for some, but a month-long supply for you of delicious chicken wine. Gertrude, for you, a custom paint job for the airship that says Gertrude's Dudes. It's inlaid with enchanted shimmering gold paint that's impervious to graffiti or defacing of any kind. I've also taken the liberty of enchanting one quiver of arrows for you with the spell Firebolt. So the next 20 arrows you fire, gonna have that additional Firebolt attack added on your welcome. Kevin, for you, I got something special. This is called the Book of Mischief. Although you are a paladin, you have a penchant for causing commotion. Oh, you bought my book, I see. Yes, I did. <laughs> Art of the Squeal. And this book contains pranks and tricks for distraction and hilarity. Each time anyone but you opens the book, it squirts them with a seltzer bottle or gets them with a hand buzzer. But when you read it, each chapter teaches you more and more about sneaky, roguish shenanigans and mischievous prankery. Tiffy, last but not least... This mithril box contains a beautiful, shiny new tinkering set with an all-new tools, specially engraved with Tiffy's name and polished to a high sheen. The new tools provide an additional plus one to all tinkering checks, and I hope y'all enjoy all of your prizes. I want to thank you so much for being here on Chewing the Cud with Chud. I want to thank our sponsors, Miss Caitlin's Shop of Magic Curiosities, The Drowned Cat in Des Moines, Best Place to Rave, and Big Ass Puppies of El Cajon. If you want a puppy that'll grow, get you a big ass puppy. I want to thank Mr. Dandy's Candies for all the green room snacks. And uh, finally, I'd like to thank the, uh, uh, thank you. I'd like to thank my unseen servant for building the set and providing most of the prizes on the show and cleaning the bathrooms and cleaning up after all the big ass puppies. The unseen servant, everybody, what a great spell. He may be unseen, but he ain't unthanked. <laughs> you hear him grumbling in the background. 
I want to thank all my guests, Gertrude's Dudes, Awful Neutral Band, my co-host T-Fit Gonk, Gertrude, Lothario, Malison, Kevin, Joe Camacho, and our Dungeon Master, Damian Mercado. Thank you so much. Please rate us at five stars and review us positively on iTunes or wherever we get your podcast. And tell a friend to check out Awful Neutral. Stay tuned for our next Kids on Bike special episode coming soon. I've been your host, Chud Bingsley. On behalf of Hudson Hawk and myself, I say happy trails, everybody. has his shirt on it's already like torn through a little bit on the sides and it's like <laughs> sorry about your prices everybody lothario is under the giant puppy because the gravity thing hasn't been reverted <laughs> so he's just gripping him and just like where are we going to next <laughs> i'm sure that'll wear off soon tp's <laughs> already uh replacing his integrated uh uh tinkering tools with the new ones excellent Sorry, your practice. Good practice, Ryan. You want to do it for real now? Yeah, really. <laughs> Let's hope this recorded. If not, you know, we'll see what happens. Oh, God, that hurt. Oh, sorry. Ah, God All right. Thank it. you, guys. Oh, God, that hurt. <laughs> <laughs>